to the spook show. Wait, hold on. I didn't do that. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the spook show. Twitch's only horror movie talk show. Maybe. Still no one has come up to me and said that there's another one, so I'm, I'm continuing to take the mantle. If you know of another one, by all means, tell me. Anyway, so I'm going to crush them. Yeah, yeah, so we can compete with them openly on the field of battle. Mm-hmm. better. We're already. Yeah, we're already better. Uh, I'm your host, Boone Scrublord, and with me tonight are my beautiful co-host, Nefarious Nerdette, Sprinting Fish, and Kettle on to Coil. Hi. Say, say hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. If you, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. If you've never been to one of these shindigs before, I'll break it down for you. Every month we've got a theme and we pick we each pick a horror flick. Then we watch them all. Then once our brains are fried with horror movie madness, we award the movie's points based on a selection of arbitrary categories. We also tally the total number of times people die, do drugs, chug booze, get naked, and have sex to determine a movie's base score. Then we get together and talk about the movies. That's the part that's just about to happen once I finish this intro. We'll talk about the shit we liked, the shit we didn't like, random side tangents involving the structural integrity of a cadaver, and then comes the big reveal, tallying up the points to see which of the four movies rises to the top. But wait, there's more! Whoever selected the winning movie for the month then gets to decide what next month's theme is going to be, and then the whole vicious cycle continues. And that about sums it up. For the month of August 2020, Fish chose Fictional Serial Killers. The definition of a serial killer taken from an internet search, and well before this was brought up in a back-channel conversation on Discord, is a person who commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive, and typically following a characteristic, predictable behavior pattern. My own personal definition is a kill-crazy psychopath you'd never want to meet. Serial killers are a particularly disturbing breed of horror because they're very real. It's the sort of shit you'd expect to see in a horror movie, only there isn't that safety line of it just being made up to freak you out. And because it's some real shit, it makes writing an amusing off-the-cuff monologue about them a little tricky. Thankfully, Fish picked fictional serial killers, so it should be a bit easier. Still, if and when we ever do a month featuring movies based on real serial killers, of which there are a whole bunch, to the point that it really is its own subgenre, I'm going to be squirming. <clears throat> so, with so much gruesome source material to draw from, why in the fuck would horror writers and directors bother to come up with their own fictionalized killers? I mean, see the previous paragraph of this monologue. You take some nonsensical story about a house being haunted from a terrorized family who's really bad with their finances and is looking to make a quick buck, you can easily translate that to the screen, slap based on a true story on the front of it, and capitalize on the possibility that anything you show might, could, maybe be something that really happened. And if you embellish it and muddy up the facts, flat out make some shit up to make it more entertaining and spooky, you're not going to catch much flack from it. But serial killers, that shit's real. More importantly, the people they killed were real. And they have families, friends, lots of people who would rightful, rightfully be pretty pissed off to see some filmmakers coming along to capitalize on their suffering. So if you're going to do a movie based on a real serial killer, you got to be on top of your shit. 
and present it more as a horrifying documentary reenactment than an actual movie. Not so when you've made up your own killer, even if you've very clearly implanted inspiration from real events. It's like the show Dragnet used to say at the start of every episode. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. But still, why do it at all? Why make even fictional serial killer stories to remind us of the horrors of reality? Well, why make a horror story at all? As the story weaver, there's a certain thrill that comes with scaring someone. A more long-form version of creeping up behind someone and yelling boo to see them jump. Beyond that, there's just some of us who are fascinated by what repulses us. And these types of flicks allow us to reach down and touch the darkness, swirl it around in our mouths, maybe even understand it a little bit better, in ourselves if not the world at large. And if you think that explanation is some self-indulgent bullshit, just wait until we get to the last flick we're covering tonight. So, what slices of totally made-up serial killing are we cover going to cover tonight? <clears throat> well, from 1991, we have The Silence of the Lambs, the second film to introduce us to infamous high-class cannibal Hannibal Lecter. From 1997, we have The Ugly, the story of a troubled young man going over his life and crimes with a psychologist while spending some time in an asylum that's staffed by people who are crazier than the psycho killers they have locked up in it. From 2004, we have Saw, the tale of the ultimate escape room game gone horribly awry. And from 2018, we have Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built, wherein one man dares to ask the question, how many people do I gotta kill to have the perfect house? And the answer winds up being quite a few. So grab your can of mace and remember Apple's strategy for self-defense. Eyes, throat, genitals. While we go ahead and dissect a few psychopaths. And we're in. Whoa. <laughs> How are we doing? Doing good. I can, uh, I can feel that. Triple espresso kicking in. Hell yeah, Ooh. brother! I'm I'm a little I'm a little jittery, but honestly, I like it. <laughs> the jitters. Yeah. Takes takes all kind of critters to. It is how I've been like tired of shit all day. Yeah, jitters. it's kind of nice. There you go. Was the was the image too large, Boone? What do you mean? It's I believe it's cut off slightly. Is it? Yeah. Hold on. It is. Oh. It's a little worm with the eye. <laughs> yeah, it well it's all part of the creature that's like directly above me. It's adorable. Yeah. I was I was pretty proud of this thing. I'm most proud of the shadow behind the hand. <laughs> the shadow behind the hand. Oh, yeah, that could be a horror movie, movie title in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of gothic horror type piece. Mm-hmm. There we go. That should be sized properly. I didn't even have to really move yeah, that, people that around too great. much. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I think that was because the other one was sized weirdly. Like, it wasn't, it didn't fully lock in, so I had to extend it. But anyway, um, 
and get started with the uh, Silence of the Lambs, which was Fish's mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she has a lot to say about it. I've really only got a, a few things to say about Silence of the Lambs. Um, and particularly, um, do you want me to like go through my, my like two points really quickly, Fish, and then and then you can take That's the okay. floor and we can do the conversation. Like my only two points on, on Silence of the Lambs is Silence of the Lambs has been like ongoing like is it a horror movie is it a thriller like what is it like it's not really a horror movie oh yes it is blah 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 obviously i side on the path of like yeah it's a horror movie and um watching it this time one of the biggest things i took away from it was getting verifiable proof that even from its inception in production it was totally meant as a horror movie in my opinion based on the casting of two particular uh characters and people roger corman the guy who's directed and produced like hundreds of drive-in movies, B movies. Uh, he did Carnosaur, Humanoids from the Deep. Like he's done a lot. Um, is in this movie as an actor playing the head of the FBI. Roger Corman is the head of the FBI in this movie. If that doesn't say like yes, this we're this is a horror movie. I don't know what is, except for maybe the fact that George fucking Romero. The godfather of modern zombies is in this movie in an uncredited role as an FBI agent. He's hard to spot because he's not wearing his trademark glasses, but he is in one scene in the background as an FBI agent, which I thought was the coolest shit ever. So there's your your fun Silence of the Lambs trivia that I'm bringing to the table. And the only other thing I have to really point out about, I mean, other little things, but like the only other big thing is that Fucking Anthony Hopkins gets a lot of praise for this movie, rightfully so, as Hannibal Lecter. Personally, I prefer Brian Cox's version in Manhunter, which was the movie that preceded this that was a Hannibal movie. But that's just my own personal... Yeah, that's just my own personal... I like Brian Cox's version a little bit better. It was a little more subtle, and that made it creepier to me. But... I I actually did not know that there was one before this. Yeah, Manhunter. I thought this was the first one. It's the first... So they're not connected at all, but it's based on Red Dragon. Manhunter is, mm-hmm. um, which is oh, the they mo- did they did Red they Dragon did, later. They did Red Dragon with Anthony Hopkins later. But there is a movie yeah. based on Red Dragon that precedes Silence of the Lambs by a few years at least. Mm-hmm. And in that, okay. in that, Hannibal Lecter is portrayed by. Oh yeah, probably. I don't know the exact date, um, but in that one, Hannibal Lecter is portrayed by Brian Cox, and it's a very different role. Or it's a very different performance than, than Anthony Hopkins. And, and for my money, I prefer it. But that's not to say Anthony Hopkins is bad. By no means is he. Mm. But I feel like a lot of people focus on how good Anthony Hopkins is in this movie. And uh, they leave out how good uh, um, Ted Levine is as uh, Buffalo Bill. Like, I, think, I, think, I think Buffalo Bill is like a great performance that doesn't mm-hmm. get as much credit as I feel it should. But that's it. I can kind of see that. Yeah. He gets overshadowed. And I now, get why I he gets overshadowed. For me, in, in the judging of it, because of, like, the killers, I definitely factored them both into my decisions. Because it's right. like, this movie is, like, has, so iconic and has two... It has two yeah, serial killers, yeah, for two, sure. Two killers, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just... It's, it's a super famous movie for a reason. Yeah. 
it's, oh no it's, it's one of those things film. like yeah they're top tier both like fantastic and i that weighed heavily into my decision it's like well shit there's two of them and it's awesome so <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i actually will go over that because first off barney mm-hmm. the um well, you know who he is because I've told you this before. Oh, oh, the the medical the, attendant, the attendant at the asylum. Yeah, love of my life, <laughs> absolute love of my life. I love the actor. I love the character because he comes up later on, even in the books. Yeah, um, and I, I love and, how. Or are you going to get to that point where like the same actor portrayed him in like? Yeah. Oh no! All no the I mo- wasn't going to get to it, but yeah, I, I think he was even in Manhunter, maybe. Am I he remembering that correctly? Been, like playing the same character? So long since I've It's seen been a long Hunter, time for me he too. Was definitely in Red Dragon. He was mm-hmm. definitely in Hannibal. Yeah. Um but he's the love of my life. But this one was like this is hands down one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen in my life. It's more <laughs> artistic. It's clever. It's poignant. Um, it's so in your face that, like, the first time you're watching this, you can't focus on the answers to the questions that you're asking. Like, you're kind of Clarice <laughs> in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clarice is definitely, like, the audience character. Like, in a lot of mm-hmm. movies, they have a character that's supposed to represent the audience, which is usually mm-hmm. the main character. So, mm-hmm. like, they find out stuff along with the audience and everything like that. And, yeah, Clarice is definitely that in this movie. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of cool because it kind of connects Hannibal to the audience a lot more. It's it makes him scared. Yeah, it's it's so it's <laughs> at that point it's not just like Hannibal pulling the mind voodoo on Clarice. It's Hannibal pulling the mind voodoo on the audience exactly. and like seducing the audience and literally <laughs> seducing because they mm-hmm. have a relationship. Like it is like I I mean again want to talk about things that are absolutely what we're seeing, but I've delved so far into this rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's such a strong character that the whole movie flowers from him and he's got a stem for every situation, but Buffalo Bill is really what flows through the veins of that flower. The character that is taken in this movie to make the fiction seem closer to reality by him and by Hannibal itself mm-hmm. is kind of like the breath that got released from the moth uh, or from the victim when they pulled the moth out of her mouth uh, when they're in that FBI room. Or, well, no, when they're in the... Um, yeah, the morgue of the small town, yeah. Yeah, so course i made topics uh just to start with clarice like mm. it's no wonder with her it, with with everybody that including hannibal like everybody becomes obsessed with clarice. everybody in the show um she's very much the epitome epitome of her star na- surname starlings are very hardy little birds um <laughs> What? A writer injecting symbolism into a character name that's honestly pretty obvious, but, like, they giggled to themselves because they they thought it was clever? I don't know anything about that. (laughs) And and Anthony Hopkins plays on it, too. Like, he, he... In this movie, and in and again, I'm secondarily going to talk about Hannibal throughout all this because it ties together. But, um... Clarice he describes her to herself as an actual starling where they actually like they clash midair when they're courting and they tumble to the ground. 
Um, and by the time they get closer to the ground, they've got to finish their courting because otherwise they'll confident pavement pancake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, They're terrible um, teammates in Warza. <laughs> Uh, he calls her a rube at one point, which is a country bumpkin. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, that. I didn't know what that was when I first, like, I didn't catch that a couple times. And I've seen this movie a lot. I've seen it a lot. I watch it at least once. I don't know where, I don't know where I became aware of, like, the definition of rube. But, like, yeah, I've always looked at, like, usually a, a lot of what like, I connected to is, like, carnivals and, like, carnies. Mm-hmm referring to the townsfolk that come to the mm. to the to the carnival as rubes. Or yeah. or rather the townsfolk that come to the carnival that they know they can fleece. They're rubes. Like you know you can oh, you yeah. can, you can I, put I, one I over like, on them. I like rube. I like rube that. is I, a fun one. It it's a good word. It doesn't get used enough these days, I feel. And I mean she throws everything that like in their first meeting she throws everything right back at Hannibal and I think that's what in- intrigues him so much to her she's just like point that gaze right back at yourself mister <laughs> yeah like it's clear she's green but she's not easily intimidated and she's totally a country girl like I mean like that's that attitude that I would expect from a co- having grown up around them like that's the attitude that I expect from them um she's smart enough to take advancement when she sees it and that's the first piece of respect that she's showing to Hannibal is that because his basis is respect. If you don't show respect, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even have to get out of the cage to do it as we see how he makes Mig swallow his own tongue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Hannibal, you notice, speaks to her like an equal. She's not actually food to him. <laughs> she... She sees she's a step below him, though, because he's a genius. I mean, she reveres him. She's She's got this respect for him, and that's a story for later on because their relationship, whoo, I loved how that turned out in the books. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also trying to stifle her trauma by a trauma of being a savior. Um, and in doing so, also then becoming a savior uh crawford (laughs) i'll talk about hannibal here soon crawford sees himself as a teacher if he wasn't so gentle he'd be as bad as chilton and in the car with clarice while he's questioning her on the on her line of thinking it's as if he believes that he's gonna have a hand in making clarice one of the best detectives on his force in all actuality all he has to do with it is giving her the access for her to soar and my aunt's calling me. Um, oh no! I was like, "How demeaning is it, though, for him to, to walk into that funeral, speak with the sheriff, and then basically undercut Clarice by telling the sheriff he would rather discuss those things in private because she's there, and then look so proud of her shuffling people out of the morgue like he cra- he crafted her assertiveness." I was like, "Get the fuck out, Jack!" I'm glad about <laughs> it. Um, At the same time, though, he does take her point about like why, what he did at the at the funeral parlor, like didn't help her at all. She's she's like mm-hmm. she's like that it undercut matters. me in front of them, and that matters. And he's like, fair enough. Like he yeah. at least acknowledges it, whether or not he acts mm-hmm. on it, who knows? But it is nice oh, to like, see him acknowledge joking. it. 
Oh, Ch- Chilton's just scum no matter what iteration they, they come up for with him. He's been scum in every iteration. Here's how I feel about Frederick Chilton. The worst. He always pontificates on being in charge. Just shut the fuck up, Raddy. Um, giving all the information down to the gory details in a quick, rapid manner only, only to make the pretty lady feel like she's unsure of herself fucking idiot <laughs> don't touch the glass don't approach the glass don't pass him anything but soft paper eat my ass Chilton. um <laughs> you're refusing to share information from me for the third time like he's such a petulant little oh, I <laughs> hate him so much i will it say the be- casting on chilton is perfect though because they cast a great person to play that type of role. I feel like I've seen that. I can't remember his name, but I've seen that dude in other roles that yeah. are that are similar. He plays that character or that type of character very well. Oh, the cl- the character who thinks he's so clever in figuring out there's not anything there. Like <laughs> it was my own unique view into Dr. Lecter's mind that allowed this breakthrough. Go eat a dick. <laughs> um, and um then I get to Hannibal, because, uh, oh my god, first of all, Anthony Hopkins is the love of my life, too. Like, I don't <laughs> care how old that man gets, he can always get it. Um, he has the softest voice in this, and a fun fact is that, like, he was supposed to be wearing an orange jumpsuit, mm. and his own fear of dentists was, like, prompted him to be like, well, no, let's do a white jumpsuit, because that's even more scarier. Um, and it was a subtle way at the end to make him seem more ominous, and I really, really it definitely because there's like you know there's that that twofold thing where like a creepy old dilapidated house covered in cobwebs and shit like that, like that's creepy. But like honestly, mm-hmm. what's tends to be even creepier is like an immaculately clean house, mm-hmm. which the whiteness denotes like cleanliness. Also, blood just shows up way better on white fabric, so it, it works out nicely. It does. Oh, he was wearing that face. (laughs) (laughs) He's... Wow, I'm Leatherface. (laughs) (laughs) He is so onto people in the first five seconds of meeting them and then strolls out about a mile ahead. Um, Which is why I think it's cool because, or why I chose him as the um, fictional serial killer because, like, honestly, like, you, he basically has superpowers. He can smell really well. Um, he is so intellectually beyond everyone that he is that far ahead and he creates his own, like, he, it's almost like he's so smart. He, he's bored and he creates his own social experiments, like poking in all the right places. He's in the most polite way possible. It strikes me that he's kind of like evil Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He paints the world the way he sees things and toes the line and just boop, boop, boop. Um, Tell me about it and don't lie. I'll know. So he already knew the, the deal that she was offering him on Plum Island wasn't a possibility for him. He like... He knows he's not getting out of there unless he gets himself out of there, that she's just a greenhorn. She's not going to help him get out of there. Um, Mm. But he knows how he can do it. And he'll get out when he has a reason to get out. And ultimately, Chilton was that reason. (laughs) Um, And it's cool, too, like, putting a microscope 
on their relationship because like he doesn't think she's rude to f- for fibbing to he knows why she was doing it he knows she's smart too and that she's got potential and that he's gonna groom her <laughs> mm-hmm. into loving him one day <laughs> um he even seems impressed when she visits him in memphis and so i just i i love them they're adorable <laughs> together they're my favorite ship ever <laughs> uh and then bill he seems secondary in the story like you said but more than that he's the thread literally sewing all the characters together well not so much the skin of the victims i didn't mean so much in in the movie or the story itself uh as opposed to what people talk about when they talk about oh, the true. Movie. like i feel yeah. like e- even though he's got so many quotable lines like a lot of people just will quote like his stuff like put the put the lotion in a basket <laughs> and they're like would you fuck me i'd fuck me like they quote him but like i don't feel uh, like if you if you ask somebody about silence of the lambs they're like oh yeah anthony hopkins brother they're not <laughs> like oh shit ted levine was amazing in that movie even though he yeah. is well, uh he, he kind of gets overshadowed in the story and gets What's overshadowed that? yeah he, he, a little he bit very in the story too but like in a very quiet way, he is the whole story. Like he's he is the catalyst. Yeah, he is the catalyst and the primary antagonist in it. Um, Um, well, the thing, the one thing that I do love about like the the casting of Ted Levine in that role, um, for the character that it is, is that Ted Levine low-key like you, you talk about like those those magical like sultry voices that are immediately recognizable and you just go ooh, like a tom waits voice or mm-hmm. you know i uh an anthony hopkins voice anthony or... hopkins voice sure but like ted levine has that very distinctive deep baritone voice and so much of the character he's playing requires him to hide that voice Mm-hmm. and be ashamed of that voice and, and and then so it becomes a very utilizing tool in the performance when like he can't and he has to let it slip out right. it makes it because like when the when the voice slips out it's a very deep masculine voice mm-hmm. so like it works really well when he's talking to Clarice, like that's when I notice it the most. Like he's got such a beautiful voice. Like he's he got really a does. great voice. Um, I think my favorite quote from Hannibal on this part was, "Our Billy wasn't born a criminal, Clarice. He was made one three years of systematic abuse. His pathology is a thousand times more savage and more terrifying." And that's because he really doesn't want anything to do with their humanity. He doesn't care what her name is. He wants her for her skin. He's only got one thing on his mind about this. Um, and it's because, and they pointed out, they go over it, James. Oh, I was going to talk about this too. So his name, <laughs> James Gum, in the lore is a mistake on his birth certificate. His mom was a drunk actress, um, and she, a failed actress at that, and was so high on the epidural that when they gave her the birth certificate, she put his name down wrong and then didn't care. She didn't even bother to correct it. Like she was like. And he was almost given up immediately. And then like Edward Kemper, he killed his grandparents um, because he'd been rejected by his parents. He'd be rejected by his grandparents, society. And he was trying to find a place in his world. He's not a transsexual. He 
thinks he's a transsexual. Yeah, the movie makes a point of emphasizing that. Well, there was a huge um, dissent about this movie when it came out because of the community um, that was still growing tried to push for the fact that this movie was making fun of transsexuals and mm-hmm. we were like no <laughs> pointing out the psychology of a psychopath um he thinks he is that but he's not he's trying to fit in somewhere and this is how he believes he's going to fit in but he was even rejected by the clinics that ended up he ended up going to because they just thought he was too psycho to actually yeah. like dark and twisted that they wouldn't do the surgeries for him right so he's like i'll do it myself (laughs) and in answer to his question yeah i would (laughs) (laughs) the last thing (laughs) kettle slow handshake he's like nope (laughs) i would not (laughs) are the cannibal puns that i pulled out oh are you ever to his taste so to speak that's the sort of thing Migs would say. Not anymore. Hey, are you about a size 14? Bone up the <laughs> magazine. <laughs> that he's reading while he's on the toilet. Oh, no. At the end, before he pulls the... Oh, my God. And that whole fucking scene was amazing, too. Like, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but Which it always one? creeps me out. When he's at the end and he pulls... Like, you see the pen. You know what's coming. And then when he pulls... The oh, the one where he attacks the guards? Mm, yeah oh it's a great scene scene. there's a lot of great scenes like the the initial interview between clarice and hannibal is amazing the whole the whole tuck dance scene is incredible like there's there's several like just 10 out of 10 scenes or 11 out of 10 scenes even throughout the movie my favorite though is when he's speaking with the governor and he's asking, <laughs> he's asking her about that, but it's not that part about the nipples. It's the part where she's walking away. Oh, oh love the love the suit. Love the suit. <laughs> yeah, is he talking about like the actual suit or her skin suit? Who knows? It's Hannibal. <laughs> he was complimenting her suit because he's a polite. Hannibal. <laughs> he's a gentleman. <laughs> And I mean, like, honestly, like, if you have any questions or anybody has any questions about the lore of this man, like, I will go deep, like, honestly, but I'll leave it up to <laughs> you guys to actually ask me before I end up going into it, because he's literally one of my favorite characters in, in fictional history. Mm. <laughs> uh... Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a couple other things, but, like, at the same time. I feel like throw it up to to Kettle or Neff if you guys have stuff you'd like to chime in with. I I don't analyze movies on near the same level that any any of you right. guys do. But general uh, general thoughts, opinions. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, like I was saying, it's just one of those like classic iconic movies. Just like it was nice to rewatch because it was one of those I hadn't seen it in a really long time where I remember a lot of the high plot points, but not mm. as much of the like the minutia details. of it. So, yeah. so that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was really fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those classic movies like forever and ever. And fish has covered a lot of things that I would probably also <laughs> say. Uh, and then some, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, 
There's a reason it got. Uh, let me look at my spreadsheet here for me. Yeah, you gave you gave a lot to uh, silence. I favorite think. story, favorite poster, because that that poster is also fucking iconic. That like it is. Uh, it's, it's also it's as my it wasn't movie. <laughs> I could see that because there's a lot of like it's it's familiar, and then it's mm-hmm. also very a lot of it is very quiet, very somber, and whatnot. Yeah. You could just put it on and chillax too. And also mm-hmm. most entertaining. Mm-hmm. The music. It got, a, it got a lot of votes from me. Yeah. The, the music in this is just like, I'll, I'll kill for classical music. I love it. Yeah. It got, I got, surprisingly, it got none of the categories from me, which is not to oh, say wow. that, I, that I don't love the movie. No, yeah, it just, that is surprising. It though. slipped through and like did not get any categories from me. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to since Simon left. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> what about you now? He's got to come sit with you. So that's yeah, there you go. Uh, so I, it's a fantastic film. I will never dispute that. I will never say it never deserved any of the film or any of the awards that it received. Um, nor that the acting was not beautiful. I am just so over the movie at this point um, <laughs> because it's been over analyzed. It's been over talked about and. Like it, it definitely deserves the props that it has gotten, but I personally could go the rest of my life and never watch it again and be perfectly okay. But yeah, I mean, like, that's I, I, that's that's not me sitting there and being like, oh, it's a POS movie. No, it's a beautiful movie. It, it, it's like watching um, Manchurian Candidate or uh, Full Metal Jacket. Amazing fucking film. I, I don't need to watch them again. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, they, that's how I feel about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Only, yeah. arguably, a Rocky Horror Picture Show didn't win any Oscars, deservedly so. Uh, and and isn't honest, it a particularly Rocky, great film? Yeah. But Rocky I've seen it twice. Lambs? Yeah, but I've seen it twice. Once on its own, once with audience participation. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, Yeah. It, I didn't get that that call in me that's like this is amazing, like everybody else did. Like I respect it, but I'm like, eh, I'm good. So yeah, you're not whatever. like you're not walking around going, oh, Rocky. No, no. no. <laughs> I can attest. I've never heard him do that. <laughs> no. And let, let's be fair. The time warp is overplayed trash. Yeah, yeah, there are like it's better like it's it, there's there's it's got a bit of a bop to it, but it's overplayed trash. Yeah, well, there's better songs, even if you just go off of the sound list by itself. Yeah, better songs, but we digress. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a tangent. That's a side tangent. Yeah, um, but like I like I don't mind watching it. I just I I don't know. Like I've seen more interesting films to myself personally that I would rather rewatch as opposed to like <coughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Few films Not can compete with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Well no, I'm just saying I could watch like seriously we could drop everything and just be like, we're gonna watch it now. I'd be like, all right, let's go. Let's watch it. <laughs> I'm down. Um but I mean no, it's it's a good film. It's just there's a reason it doesn't have like I don't think I picked anything for it. Hold on. Where's my Excel? No, it's not in any of my thingamaboobers. I had to double check. No. Fish has it All for right. a number as well. 
Yeah. I mean. So fa- you got it for favorite kill. I gotta ask. It's Hannibal taking out the guards. For me. Yeah, you've got you've got silence listed for favorite kill. Uh, uh. Is it the guards? That's the only one kill that's like really explicit. Yeah, that's the only honestly. Kill, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's the guards, and maybe also just a tiny bit, even though we don't see it. Um, I'm meeting an old friend for dinner. Oh, the implication of the kill. Yeah, yeah he knows okay. he's gonna kill Hilton, and like Fair that's enough. so fucking satisfying. Like, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like I'm not fully like on the Neff side of the spectrum, but like I'm probably closer there than I am the fish side of the spectrum, where it's just like gonna watch this movie three times a year, or I'm not satisfied. I'm like, eh, it's really good. I like it, but at the same time, like I've seen it a few times. You know, I get it. I understand it. If it's on, I'm not gonna complain. But at the same time, I'm unlikely to put it on. Um, I do remember, like, one of the things that really fucked with my head in this movie, and still kind of does, is all the shots where it's a close-up on a character and they're staring directly into the camera. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that, oh, sure, yeah, for sure, it's purposeful. It it probably goes into, like, what you were talking about, like, with coveting. It probably ties into that. But I just, I remember noticing it the first time I watched it. I'm like, why are they doing that? It's freaking me out, man. <laughs> like, that's the scariest shit in this fucking movie, man. Um, if Hopkins would purposefully not blink, but uh, he he wouldn't blink unless he was doing it on purpose so that mm. it was a conscious, more creepy delivery. Right. Makes sense. Um, and he felt like it was more, he, he said it himself, and this is where I come up with it a lot, he felt it was more reptilian. Because mm-hmm. um, reptiles don't blink unless they're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he thought it was more of that predatory reptilian, like, I'm a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, I also, I really like the uh, the scene when Clarice is breaking into the storage locker. <laughs> And as she's about to slide in under the door, she she gives the guy a card in case the door comes down and she gets trapped. We're like, because it's just this subtle little funny moment, but it's like, we're just like, oh yeah, if this shit goes bad, uh, yeah, she like she's aware of the fact that like she's doing something. Like it's like it's the sort of thing that in a traditional horror movie, like a character would just do that, and inevitably the door would come down, and like it'd be right. a whole it'd be a whole thing. Like she's aware of how dumb she's being and she's thinking ahead to be like okay i'm doing something dumb i'm gonna do it but worst case scenario i want a safety line so it's like so she so she hands him the car like yeah (laughs) like i like that little laugh she gives like "Uh, the door comes down or (laughs) whatever i'm like that's that's glorious i I love that little moment um it is perfect Mm -hmm. uh i also like how the movie the movie's littered with um Clarice getting hit with like unwanted male advances mm-hmm. from pretty much everyone. Um and she's she's really good at like ignoring the shit or or rebuffing it pretty sternly. The one dude that I feel like has a shot is the weird bug guy with the funny eye. 
Oh yeah. Like her <laughs> response to him, like it's not a it's not a the the light is green, come on in. But it's like kind of a cautionary yellow where she's thinking about it. She's like, I, I think I might want that hamburger. At least that's how I took it. Like she she's flirting back a little bit. And I think that's adorable. Yeah, I think she was definitely like, Yeah, you're you're on a different plane of intelligence. She she's like, Okay, you're just another guy hitting on me, but you know what? You're 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 a weird bug guy, and that's kinda jiving with me. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a cheeseburger with you. I love how she was just he she was like, Are you flirting with me? And he's like, Yes. Yeah, he's very yeah, he's like, Oh yeah, totally. And she's like, Okay. <laughs> I'm not not into it. Well, fair enough, yeah. But honestly, the one guy who really has the shot is the tur- one who turned around and went. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally, uh, that was uh, impromptu. That yeah, was well, it, just being Anthony Hopkins. Well, it, 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 was, it, was, it was improv. It wasn't even so much improv. He did it at the end of a take, just being goofy, and he was certain they wouldn't use it. Yeah. He, like, he was just it. fucking around, and then, and then the filmmakers were like, yeah, we're using it. It's good. <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck? I was just, I was just fucking around. You can't use that. Are you insane?" And then it's like the most memorable scene in the entire fucking movie. Uh, and then the only last thing that I have is uh, based on how fast Clarice snapped on Bill, she'd be real good at Warzone. <laughs> like as soon as he cocks that gun she whips around and like just takes his ass out like she snaps on him i'm like damn <laughs> like can she, can she be on my squad like let's go even though previously we said that starlings would make terrible warzone party members because they're they're fucking right up until the pavement but yeah, she's definitely <laughs> one of my favorite female characters too. Like she's I very good. Her. She's very good. Uh, but yeah, I think that might. Anybody else got anything to say on silence categories mm-hmm. to talk about or anything like that? I went over the moths were cool. The what? Yeah, the moths were cool, and also the moth was cool. Know, yeah. If you want to know, in Hannibal, the mm. book. They get together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... And I imagine we might cover Hannibal at some point and we we can get deeper into it. But the one thing I will say on a little side tangent on Hannibal is it pisses me off that Jodie Foster refused to reprise her role as Clarice because she didn't like the ending in Hannibal and didn't want to do it. And they were like, all right, well, fine, fuck you. We'll just recast and got Julianne Moore, who's, who's great in the role... Mm-hmm. But then they changed the ending. Yep. Like, they literally recast Jodie Foster because she didn't want to do the ending and then changed the ending. I'm like, one or the other guy. If you're going to change the ending, get Jodie Foster back. If you're not going to change the ending, don't change the ending and recast. Like, that pisses me off. Yeah. But, yeah, we can go deeper into that if we if we ever do Hannibal. Um, but, hey, The Ugly. Which was my selection. Yeah. So hey, it, might be, it might be the first New Zealand horror movie I've ever seen. Really? Oh, you've, not seen, you. you've not seen. You've not seen any. Uh, you, have you not seen any um, 
of Peter Jackson's earlier movies? Dead Alive, uh, Bad Taste, no. The Frighteners? Nope. Wow, you haven't seen The Frighteners? It's very good. No. Wait, it's got Michael J. Fox. The Babadook? Was the Babadook. The no, I did see Babadook. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, Babadook was... was I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Was okay. The Prophecy in New Zealand? I don't see them very no, often no. then. Prophecy with Christopher Walken? And Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, no. No, that, I, that was... That was American produced, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha, because Jackson directed it. No, he didn't. If he did, I'm going to have my mind blown. Like, if you want to check that, for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty familiar with Peter Jackson's works. I don't I don't remember the prophecy being on them. No, Gregory Wyden. I feel like either so, he got, he got, ended up casting Vigo as Aragorn because of that movie. That I mean, that's possible. That, that's totally that's totally possible um but yeah he definitely didn't direct it um but anyway the ugly which was not also not made by peter jackson or <laughs> had peter jackson involved at all as far as i know but yeah it's from it's from new zealand uh i remember it, it was one i had seen before but it's been a very long time I remember the reason why I even know this movie exists exists, and why I own a copy of it goes back to the days when I was first, like, getting heavier into, like, horror stuff. And I was on, like, a horror message board, a horror movie message board. And there was somebody else on there who was selling a DVD of it. And I was like, I didn't know any fuck all about the movie, but I'm just like, ingesting new horrors quickly as I can get them. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, fuck. I'll buy it for like $10 or whatever. So I did. And they actually like sent it, <laughs> which is kind of a miracle. Cause I didn't know who the fuck this person was. They're just like, I'm selling a DVD, 10 bucks. And yeah. I'm like, I'll take it. Here's my money. Um, but yeah, they actually sent it and I watched it. I'm like, yo, that's really cool. And then it kind of just sat on my shelf for like the past 15 years. But I remembered enjoying it, and so when this topic came up, I'm like, that was about a serial killer. Yeah, fuck it, throw it in. Um, I can't say... I. So I don't feel like I enjoyed it as much this time through, but I still... I can see why I did enjoy it, and there's still a lot about it that I do enjoy. Um, generally, like, the movie is about... A, psychi- a psychologist that goes to interview a captured serial killer in the kookiest asylum that's ever existed with the most irritating uh, orderlies that have ever existed. And it's kind of just like uh, him talking about, you know, his early early days and his murders and shit like that and, like, what makes him kill. But it's done in that very... Not, late 90s, early 2000s style, so there's a lot of flashy cuts and a lot of stylization to it. Um, some of which has not aged particularly well. Some of which I feel has aged very well. Um, I liked um, the way the way that they like the way that they did editing in this movie. I thought was amazing. Um, especially when like he goes back, they go into the flashbacks and they make it like they do that thing to like make it clear, like it's all happening in his mind by like, suddenly the psychologist is there in the memory talking to him and like his clothes change from, from cut to cut 
from like what he's wearing in the hospital to like what he was wearing on that night and vice versa where like he's seeing something in his mind and it's we see it in modern in, in the present time like on the floor of the interrogation room but it's all in his head and then they cut away and it's just gone um I also really like the scene where he almost kills the young deaf girl and how they did, how they showed that she was deaf before it gets revealed with the blaring like rock music going on. And then when they cut to her POV, it's dead silent. That definitely took me a second because I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I'm like, I love that because it's like, it's pretty clever. Like I really, I really dug how they did that. Um, I do question the hospital's dress code. Um, yeah, those orderlies were not attire at all. It's one of those things. Like he was in a fucking like a shitty Pantera cover band or something. Yeah. Oh, the guy with the dreads. The dreads. Yeah. His belly. His belly's hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jason Momoa, if he just like didn't work out at all, (laughs) just got a beer gut. Yeah. What's that? I, that he was Jason Momoa who didn't work out, who didn't bathe, and was <laughs> fucking ass. That guy was so fucking. They were both horrible, but he was yeah. the worst. Oh, um. Of the metal. Ooh. Oh yeah, that one. I was just like, come on, man, <laughs> stop. I, I, Stop this. My notes while I was watching that, I fucking hate these guards. I'm siding with the serial killer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie definitely very quickly puts you on Simon's side of things. <laughs> with those two being like his primary like With those two and his fucking mom. Yeah, between, between those two and his mom, it's like, I get it. <laughs> I'd cut people up too. <laughs> before, before he went to his mom, I just put on there in my notes, you can and should at least kick the shit out of your mom mm-hmm. at least yeah you know i'm always on Simon's side it's <laughs> a good point um but yeah like it's like stuff like them and like what they're dressed as and also just the room that he's being interrogated in like because you see on that one wall like there's some kind of machinery that's been half ripped out and just dangling there i'm like this is not <laughs> I don't feel like I don't feel like an actual mental hospital would be like this feels like it's been abandoned for a few years. But it's kind of it's kind of that low budget horror movie charm from that era, I feel like where they were like they were going more for interesting visuals than really trying to explain why things were or, or like the hospital director being as weird as he fucking is. It's just like he just is. You know, he's just a weird, quirky character, and we're just putting him in here with no real explanation or greater depth, because mm. horror went through a period... Well, horrors are always had, like, a period like that, or, or st- uh, like, styles that do that, but I feel like it was particularly heavy around mid-late 90s. There was a lot of that. Um, which, I mean, maybe it's because I grew up in the 90s. I personally find it charming, <laughs> but if you want to get more analytical, it's like... This doesn't make any sense. Like, these these orderlies clearly would not be allowed to, like, walk around with their beer guts hanging out. What the fuck is this director's problem? What is this room? How could you ever 
keep a patient in a cell as fucked up as this. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And while his office is just so beautiful. His office is incredible. It's a glass, like, and it reminds me of, I was like, would Hannibal have an office like this? And it's, like, hovering up, like, it's got, like, a little koi pond underneath it. Like, his office is fucking awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet Mm -hmm. office. Yeah. Um, I do have written down fuck squeaky boy guard in particular. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Oh yeah, and the weird hallucinations, uh, like where where it kind of shows, or at least I took it as showing him getting in her head, where suddenly his hand is free and he's reaching over to her, or he shows up in her bed whispering to her. But even that, like at the same time, like it seems like he in his cell is aware that he's doing this and might have psychic powers. He and does. Then that... I would actually have to look into that. Okay, there's there, there's yeah. deeper lore on this that I'm not well, aware of. Yeah, when I was looking into it, it's re- they just point out it's revealed that he actually has telepathic powers. And oh, he's okay. actually projecting those images in her head that she's seeing. Oh, so like, even when she sees the visitors, that's that's him. Power. That's him yeah. projecting them into her head? Yeah, he's sharing them with her. So oh, okay. She, apparently he he she let him open up so much that he started like and uh the crazy marge the oh yeah the crazy guy with the three or crazy lady with the 3d glasses yeah she said the only other patient in this fucking hospital Yeah, yeah yeah which makes me wonder if the asylum itself was actually not just a projection from his brain I don't know about that, but I could definitely see if that's the case and he had like actual psychic abilities, like he definitely was in everyone's heads. Except maybe the orderlies. I don't know. Or maybe or maybe well, he was definitely in the doctor's head, like how he reacts to him when he's escaping and like is just like there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> guess guess I better call the police at some point. Whatever. Marge, like I was like, ew. or maybe maybe he was in the orderly's heads and that's why they were particularly nasty to him yeah and and trying so exceptionally hard to like keep him beaten down and secured because because he was fucking with them psychically um but yeah no mom's a total bitch like Mm -hmm. that was that was a great performance by her like that one shot where he's he's coming back from giving uh, the girl her broken glasses back, and it's just that shot of the front of the house with her standing in the doorway and that red light backlighting her. Like that is creepy as fuck. That is just horrifying. Yeah, um, I feel like ugly was like a symbolic gesture of genetic passing because she was such a fu- fucking bitch. Oh yeah. <laughs> She was insane. Manic too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So did the deeper lore go into the fact that almost all of the blood in this movie is black? Yes, that is something I noticed, and like I when I looked a little bit deeper into the theory, seemed to be that it's so that Simon didn't really see his victims as human. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. It also kind seemed of like, like a dissociative thing. It also seemed like the black blood was also a little bit representative because pretty much every time we see it, it's either from his memories Mm 
or uh, a hallucination or fantasy in his mind. Because it's really subtle, but like at the end when the psychologist gets her throat kit cut and it does that that cool shot of like the cut appearing and the blood spreading out. That blood mm-hmm. it's really dark, but that blood is red. Yeah, that one I did notice yeah, at the end it does turn red. To I think that maybe to signify that like, oh no, this is legitimate. This isn't something in the playground of his mind. Like this he did this. Yeah. <laughs> in the here and now. Um Like, yeah, the creepy ghosts popping up. Like, I thought, like, we don't get ever get a good look at them, but I thought they looked really cool. They like, did. I, I remember yeah. thinking that before, and, I, at the, and this time I was like, yeah, they still look cool with the black gunk and, like, the whatever, like, the shawls and whatnot they wore. Mm-hmm. Like, the visual was very, very cool. Um, <laughs> they were all of his victims. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the whoopsie kill of getting jealous. <laughs> the, Dude. <laughs> Oops, it was her brother. It was your brother the whole time, you dumb idiot. But at the same time, in his the same defense... Time, like, don't, don't kick your brother, kiss your brother on the lips. Yeah, so, don't give your brother a very romantic kiss when you meet him. Like, that on-the-mouth kiss looked very intimate to me. So, oh, yeah. like, maybe don't do that in public. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm, I can judge your behind the, the 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 shadows activity, but like at least then, like it's in private. Like, be a weird freak in private, please. But if you do it in public, you're gonna get judged, and you might just get your brother killed from a jealous psychopath you grew up with. <laughs> um, the kid they got to play her was adorable. She was. And I thought so cute. it took me a second. I at first I I thought it was a, a little boy that was her friend. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like I can see that. Haircuts, yeah, like yeah, they didn't do anybody any favors. They were supposed no. to go on anybody those like weird hybrid bowl cuts. Yeah, and I thought that I had I had something like that, not quite like that, but like I definitely rocked a bowl cut for a good part of my elementary oh. school. I think I I think I managed to avoid that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> But I honestly thought that the uh, the casting they did for for the younger versions of Simon, like the the really young oh, version yeah. and like the middle school version, I thought that was like mm. it looked like an age progression of that dude. Um, yeah. Let's see what else do I have? Uh, it's got kind of a usual suspects e type thing, like overtones to it, especially with the whole like him identifying the like when he's when he's talking about the visitors and it, he literally just steals that from her badge which then leads into like one of the greatest little uh, tidbits we find out about this guy like the fact that he um convinced the hospital staff that someone on the russian olympic team diving team was try was an assassin sent to kill him just because he wanted to watch the Olympics, <laughs> like the like that is just the greatest anecdote about a serial killer fucking with the staff. Um, uh, he admitted he wanted to just watch the diving. Yeah, he just wanted to watch the diving. It's like I what the fuck? That That's so good. Um, but yeah, like it's like. I thought it was pretty cool, but at the same time, it's 
is definitely the type of movie that I feel is a lot more style over substance. Like, they had a bunch of ideas, but they didn't really gel them all into a coherent story. Like, there's a story there, but... Like, with the interview portion, like, they start going down one thread, and then they kind of rush it along to get to a conclusion, so it doesn't feel fully complete. Um... But yeah, but at the same time, like, who knows if they were going for that? Because, like, again, the visuals and, and stream of consciousness style editing, I thought was very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's um, cool and, and you know, trippy and all that, but I guess for me, it's kind of a criticism and it's just kind of my own problem of, like, I really mm-hmm. struggle to just follow that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, scene to scene, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I have a hard time putting it together. Yeah. And I think, again, I think that's what, I think that, I think that was more or less my takeaway too, where it's just like, it's very cool, but they didn't connect it well enough to make it a satisfying, coherent story from beginning to end. Like they kind of got lost in their own sauce of like just doing cool shit while kind of gradually stringing like the loosest semblance of a story along to get it from point A to point B into a conclusion. Without really, because at the end of the movie, I'm like, so are the visitors real? Are they not real? Like, what's the deal? Like, was it all just a mind fuck? Is he psychic? Is he not psychic? Like, what's going on? Like, they just kind of leave it up in the air and don't really bring a lot of closure to it whatsoever. Which I feel like, like, sometimes, like, shit like that can work for a movie. I feel like in this one, it kind of hinders it a little bit. Um, well, I still enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad I picked it. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I got to rewatch it. I'm glad I own it, especially considering apparently this movie is very fucking hard to find now. Apparently, this is a very rare fucking movie. Oh yeah. So uh, it makes me very happy that I have physical media and a collection where rare movies like this that are slipping through the cracks at least get to exist, regardless of whether or not I love them or not. Um. But yeah, that was. I think that was generally what I. My, my thoughts on it and everything like that. What about everybody else? Um, I... As I think, yeah, because Neff, you really liked it. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just... I don't know. It was, it was my favorite story. It was my favorite poster. Um, <laughs> it was my it, favorite poster. Yeah, it was the comfiest movie for me, just simply because, like, it really didn't, like, do anything that bothered me. And I think that honestly had a lot to do with the dehumanization of the murders with the blood being black as opposed to red. Right. Um, And the fact that his mom was another scumbag. And, (laughs) you know, those. it just, it wasn't, it was comfy because it wasn't super realistic. uh, Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of, like, fantastical a sense of the fantastical to it. Right. And, and like, because like, there is no way that a mental institution would look like that for one. Mm-hmm. Um, be, at least not since like the 1920s. Right. Um, and for two, like it, dresses like that. Who acts like he's like not that? even like, I like, I like, I like how, I like how even Simon's outfit, like, they got him in, like, a white shirt and whatnot, but, like, it's, like, for some company. Like, it's some thrift store shirt. (laughs) Like, he's not even in a patient uniform or anything like that. 
Like, it's got its issues. Don't get me wrong. It really does. But, like, overall, I enjoyed Simon as a character. I love how even watching it, I was always torn between a, God damn it, he's a fucking asshole, to, oh my god, I feel so bad for him. And, oh, like, Simon. Flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. flip-flop like the... that because, you know, there are moments where you're like, yeah, no, he got fucked. And I'm like, dude, you could have pulled yourself out of this. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? The guy like, who played Simon. The guy who played Simon is... Like, this is a great performance. Yeah. No, it was a really good performance, and it was paced well, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know why he was able to project things with his mind, but I chose to just give movie magic to that. I was just like, sure. Yeah. It's convenient. Whatever. But I, I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it had my favorite FX, SFX in it, um, just simply because I liked the creativity of and the symbolic nature of like the black blood and how the throat was being slit and like i like the little i like the little visitors Mm -hmm. um i I like the way they look they were spoopy Um, (laughs) they were very creepy it it was also very entertaining for it was the most entertaining for me Mm. so yeah they it got one two three four five six it got six (laughs) <laughs> the yeah you gave it a lot of care i gave it favorite poster and sleeper hit because like again it's the definition of a sleeper hit for me because i had no idea what the fuck this movie was i bought it bought it blind and oh, watched yeah. it and really enjoyed it and even watching it the second time well i don't think it was the second time but the first time in many years i'm like i still enjoy this yeah like it's still no, it surprising me with how hit. good i like how much i like it um i it got special effects for me too and i mean mm. like because most of my categories were silence of the lambs yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i felt bad about that one it's like you know what it's literally no that's fine like if you yeah, if, you're supposed if to the be movie like and not vote for your own movie this month like yeah yeah K- kettle didn't give his movie like one category i'm like really <laughs> like are you, are you it was just too good i was like are you so worried no. about winning another month that you were self-sabotaging my my spreadsheets are 100 honest no same fucker, no fuckery same i mean i'm pretty sure i've done that but like didn't i give i gave troll 2 a lot of points last month and i feel like i gave leprechaun 4 a lot of points yeah. when that was that was the movie well to be too. fair leprechaun 4 deserved every point it got yes it did <laughs> it deserved to win god damn it yeah well yeah grabbers was better i'll admit that yeah, um, it's definitely a sleeper hit for me though because, like, I mean, one, I between this and House of Jackville, I've never seen either of those movies, but yeah. this was like the literal definition of the of a look into like I'll, I'll just break that ice right now. I think this is the superior version of the Road to Hell for a person of this nature because like literally the compulsive need to do something something is always nagging at the back of their head with every serial killer you hear talk about there's always something nagging at the back of their head telling them you gotta do this and if you don't do it something bad's gonna happen and so it gets done and um and and then like we get to see a a breath in between and i that pacing mm-hmm. is how i feel like that should go actually how it should go and um 
he he's just like he's literally got these demons who are telling him oh no you gotta kill this you you gotta do it we won't let you not do it you have to do it and it's hypnotic in the most morbid fucking way and he's hypnotic oh yeah then you were very much right like i mean i liked him before this but as soon as he stopped for the dog i was like (laughs) That was one of my notes. I was oh wait, let me find it. Let me find the the specific note. Um Where is it? A serial killer who stops to save a wounded dog. Fish is gonna love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even piece together that his name is Simon. Yeah. <laughs> like that didn't I didn't that, notice that either. That didn't factor factor into it, but I'm just like he stopped to he, he went he was dumping a body and he stopped to rescue a wounded dog and take it to the vet. Like, yeah, and Fish is going to love this fucking guy. <laughs> childhood girlfriend was a freaking vet tech. I was so in love with the whole synopsis of this movie. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Serial killers are fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, don't murder people. But... Yeah, just like, don't. <laughs> but you know i mean like if i'm gonna fall in love with a fictional serial killer it's gotta be for the right reasons right I mean, let's mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. you're you're an animal lover i love you <laughs> at least you saved the dog yeah or tried to tried to <laughs> speaking of the, uh her working at the vet clinic i did love uh their generic name tags of just vet and nurse <laughs> noticed that so I you didn't... can't have like a name like nurse julie no just nurse like okay i i noticed that when when i was watching it because i watched it on my own and then i was hanging out with fish and she needed to catch up on movies so she was like what what should i watch i was like well i've already seen the ugly so i'd prefer that so i sat through the ugly again i noticed it during that watch through like the name tag that just said nurse yeah, and also when Julie comes back uh, because she forgot her wallet, I noticed I had a note written down that she fucking Tokyo drifted in like it was the biggest fucking deal. It's like you're just going to work; they know who you are. Like you forgot your wallet; like it's not really that big of a deal, really. No, she needed that wallet. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh shit! I'm like, like I can't buy lunch. Like, I mean, I guess, but, like. To buy it for you, damn. Yeah, and even then, Julie strikes me as one who would bring her lunch. So. Right. Yeah, probably. Little bag lunch. Yeah. <laughs> she needed that wallet though. This is very important. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, poor Alex. <laughs> that was her brother, by the way. Oh, her brother. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Her brother's name was Alex. <laughs> that reveal, I was just like, oh fuck. Because I was watching her kiss him, and I was like, "He's gonna kill this guy." Mm, oh yeah, for sure. Be a family member. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah. Oh, I also and- said Marlo was the Chilton of this movie. I wanted to punch him in the face. Oh the yeah, yeah. Well, again, like it was, it was perfectly cast because, like, he's just he's got one of them faces where it's just like, yeah, you would be this character. <laughs> like he creeped me out all on his own. I was like, what kind of doctor are you again? Like, can I see your medical degree? <laughs> yeah, I don't trust you. You quack. <laughs> all right, anything else on ye ugly, ye old ugly? No. 
no, not really. It, it, the one category it did get from me is uh, I liked the music mainly because I had liked the song that was playing at the bar, but I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out what it was. Yeah, like I liked. I remember liking the music, like that song and the one that's playing when he's chasing the deaf girl around. Mm-hmm. I remember kind of liking that song too. This one didn't get best music or favorite music from me, but like it was close, honestly, because I remember yeah. really enjoying the uh, the music in this. So anyways, yeah, movies. <laughs> so anyway, Saw, which was Kettle's choice for this month. Yeah, because I, I mean, I liked the movie, and also I didn't know of any other like serial killer things. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, let's do Saw again. <laughs> uh, or I guess I, I watched it in October for the the thing that we did. Oh right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I, I would say it's one of the like classics of the two thousands. It was it was at oh, least yeah. a little bit new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fresh at the time, and then of course they fucking ran it into the ground. But eh, you know, it it's happens. definitely like yeah. And, and honestly, like Saw is up there with kind of Final Destination in the sense that it's a more modern horror franchise that um, mm-hmm. managed to amass the same level of popularity and financial profitability as. <laughs> Like from the like from the 80s where you had like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. Halloween, where just, they just kept cranking them out. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of, I mean, it helps that I think with only one exception, I've enjoyed on some level all of the Saw movies. But it was mm-hmm. honestly really cool living in that time where it's just like every October, new Saw movie. Dude, like, yeah. Like oh, clockwork. Like I, every I year we're getting a new installment. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I saw every single one, but yeah, it, it was a great time. And yeah, as as like a teenager who was kind of like becoming that age, like oh man, we can go see the R rated movies, like yeah, parents and shit. Yeah, that it was definitely always something to look forward to. And I remember, I don't think I saw the first one in the theater because the first one was kind of like the hit of just like oh shit, that's awesome. I saw the second one in the theater with some friends, and just that's one of my memories of just like being like it was a lot of fun but also we were all just like oh no what is happening <laughs> and that's kind of what the entire franchise became of like yeah. this is fun but oh god why mm-hmm. um and just increasing levels of that with each one i did see this one in theaters i remember hearing a little bit of buzz around it so so it made me aware <laughs> that it existed <laughs> buzz buzz saw yeah. <laughs> i swear i don't plan these they just happen um but I remember here, I had heard a little bit about it, and it was at a magical point in my life where I had just recently, like, gotten a car that worked. I previously had a car <laughs> that never worked. That's a different story. I got the same car for my birthday two years in a row. At neither point did it work. Um, <laughs> nice. But after that, <laughs> I wound up getting a car that did work, and I started getting more independent, driving around, doing stuff on my own. And uh, one of the things that I would like, I would go visit my grandparents, and they lived not too terribly far from where I lived, but it was like I would have to go over a bridge uh, to get there, a kind of notorious busy bridge that has a lot of accidents and a lot of breakdowns on it. So the bridge made me fucking nervous. Especially with other cars on it. So I'd go mm. over there and visit them. And I'd take the long way. Because there's a way to get there by not driving across a bridge. But it's much longer. So I'd, I'd take the long way getting there. And then in order to like not take the long way back. 
after I finished visiting them, I would hit up the movie theater that was like right on the off ramp to get on the highway to go across the bridge. Like I would, I'd be like, all right, well, if I, you know, kill another hour and a half, two hours, traffic on the bridge is going to be non-existent. So fuck it. Let me just oh, do that. Okay. So I would, I would hit up movies and go see them by myself. And saw was one of those movies one night I was headed back. I was like, I heard, I heard this was pretty good. So it's been getting some, you know, accolades and whatnot. Let me check it out and see what it's all about. Uh, so I, I saw the first saw movie in theaters uh, and I and the only other one that I saw in theaters was at the time the final Saw movie, the the Saw 3D one, which was another experience where I was just like out and about on my own driving around. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna let me just go see a movie. Um, so yeah, I saw before like the Jigsaw thing and the Chris Rock one, which I don't think is out yet, but it looks pretty fucking interesting. Like before that revival, I got to see the first one and the last one. And kind of bookend it, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was cool seeing this in the theater, like at the start of it, because you didn't know what to expect from it, really, and you didn't mm-hmm. know how it was going to be like, like why it was getting the hype it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that I saw it, it gets up to that moment where they reveal that Ze- oh, Zep's behind it all. It was Zep. The the orderly we saw in one scene. That guy who was really weird and creepy in that one scene where it was like, hey, I bet it's totally that guy. Yeah, it is that guy. And now that we see him, he's completely inept and, like, not threatening or scary at all. And I remember being, like, so let down. Uh-huh. And then, and then they pull the, the, the saw twist on us. Which oh, is something yeah. else they've tried to, main, tried to maintain through the franchise to... Eh, varied success. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes not so much. But, like, this one was like, oh, fuck. Like, it's kind of, to me, it's the inverse of The Ring, where, like, it's a great twist, but the movie cripples itself to get there. The movie mm. sets up this twist all the way through. And then they pull, pull it on you, and you don't see it coming, and then they show you all the ways that they just mind-fucked you through the entire movie, and you're like, oh, fuck. It totally yeah. <laughs> works. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of... It's Kettle's movie. I took the reins. No, <laughs> I didn't no, mean to take more, over. You got, you got good things Good things to say about it. I, I'm never super elaborate because, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, yeah. like... Yeah. This is one of my, like... You could call it, like, an all, all... I don't know if I'd say an all-time favorite, but it's certainly an old favorite. And, I, and it still yeah. holds up pretty well. Um... But, I'd agree with uh, that. Yeah, I'm, it, I I liked uh, the thing that I really liked at least originally when it came out was the whole like I don't know if you say like the twist of it, but the whole like well the the victim is responsible for yeah. if they make it out or not, and it's kind of like right, well, that's it's, interesting because it's like he's still you know it's he's still fucking killing them, but it's but very not much directly. Really like, He's like, here's... Yeah, it's like everybody has a chance, technically, and it's like, okay. Yeah, but it, but in order to, to to succeed, you got to do some pretty fucked up shit oh, to yourself yeah, yeah. to get yeah, there. You it's make like, it out, oh damn, life regardless. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, one of my notes was like, I can't technically call Jigsaw a serial killer, maybe a serial kidnapper, but like, but only to be pedantic because he doesn't actually right. kill the people. He creates the tools to have the person kill themselves. So in a mm, way, right. 
you're right there. Although although if they don't play the game, it's it's set up so that they they the environment mm-hmm. will kill them, at which point he's arranged that environment. Yeah. So technically he's killed. That's why I gave it yeah. that pass, because I was like, oh yeah, technically. It's one of those gray areas, but I feel like I mean, yeah, he he kidnapped them. He didn't actually like pull the trigger, so to speak, but he arranged everything so that the trigger would be pulled. It's kind of like, you know, if you hire someone to kill someone, you're also responsible for murder. Yeah. Kind of along those lines, I feel, like, where it's just uh, like... Yeah, the, the, the Charles Manson type of deal. Yeah, where it's like, you they wouldn't have been in that position if you hadn't arranged, kidnapped them and right. arranged this and forced yeah. them to do this. Literally, yeah. literally, my notes were, if you put a bear trap around someone's head, it might be said that your intent is for them to die, but what, that's the crux, isn't it? Doesn't he, does he want them to die? Does he want them to live? Like, what exactly is he doing? Mm. Right, right. Which, yeah, I was, I was about to say, it ties into the whole, like, his whole thing is just kind of like, you fucking people don't appreciate what you have to be alive and, like, all of that. So it's kind of one of those, like, it's like, as the viewer, it's kind of a wake-up call to be like, yeah, man, I'm glad I'm not in a situation like that. It's pretty good to be alive yeah. right now. Yeah. Also, also, not only appreciate the life you have, but like mm. also appreciate the people in your life. Like, because he sets it yeah. up with his wife and his kid. And I said, Am I mad at it the way I'm mad at the house Jack built? No, but maybe because the brothers of Twisted Films don't jerk themselves off all over this movie. <laughs> no 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 i uh, predominantly uh james wan and lee wan l are entertainers like they're they're making it entertain- and they're they're great storytellers and filmmakers like james wan is like he could he could be considered a modern master of horror if he wasn't so good at branching out and doing other things like he did one of the fast and furious movies he did the aquaman movie like he's just good at movies regardless of the genre at least from what i've seen like every single one of his movies regardless of genre has been very good and very like visually captivating um and just like a good time like it's just he he does entertaining movies even when those movies involve people getting ripped to pieces yeah um but i think amanda's like prime example of the do you want to like like the whole protest to life like she's just prime example of someone who gets it. Mm-hmm. Piggy, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> it has been fun rewatching some of the the horror movies featured with throughout the the Dead by Daylight stuff because it'd be like, oh yeah, I know those yeah. guys because some of the shit like I hadn't seen in like and, ages. And so I'll... when you get like reminded of it, like like oh, it's Detective Tap. What up? <laughs> And honestly, like the the representation of Amanda in DVD is is pretty good. Like they, they, again, mm-hmm. it's one of those like they took the right stuff from the movie, the right elements from the movie, and translated it to the video game. And like like her whole stalking and then the roar thing, it's like that's right out of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's really good. Um, Tigers roar. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that, but it makes mm-hmm. sense. It does make sense. Because it does sound like the MGM title screen, where the yeah, lion no, lives. Yeah. Lion, it's a tiger. Because lions are loud, yes, but um. That Wait, did a- you say it was a lion roar or a tiger roar? Tiger roar. Oh, it's a tiger. I thought you said lion. No, yeah, tiger. Ah. Uh, they um, use tiger in most movies because lions' actual roars break sound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. 
Oh um, yeah, they're they're fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few of the the notes that I took on this were uh, for being such an obsessive detective. Tap is actually pretty shit at his job. Like Detective Tap, like he's not really that good at his job. But like, he's very dedicated. He's very dedicated. He he's ain't just... got time for beers or girlfriends. Or warrants. Uh, he will stake or or no <laughs> no war like or or no, movies make me really mad when they're just like oh we ain't got time for that like oh or or excuse you, me sir or you know upon finding uh, a victim strapped into a fucking murder chair just being like oh let's just cover him up and see what happens like tap what the fuck <laughs> right? you're off you, this you case fucking, you train your guns on that elevator as it's coming up yeah you had him. What the fuck are you doing, Tap? <laughs> yes, def- definitely some bad uh, bad choices on his part. Yeah. Uh, but it's Danny Glover, so I can't hate him. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. It's like, he, yeah. He was too old for that shit like 10 years ago. So, like, whose fault is that? That he still, yeah. he still isn't, you know, going out on the boat with his family collecting his pension. Like, come on. <laughs> Can I just say, like, this wasn't the first time that, like, Neff has seen this movie, but watching her watch that for the first time a while back and freaking out over Danny Glover getting his neck cut, I was like... <laughs> Dude, I had kind of this... I, I was no like, idea. oh shit, they took Danny Glover out, like, that fast? Like, okay, what the fuck? And then him being revealed is still alive. I'm like, damn, okay, that's that's cool. This is just one of the uh, movies that make me not trust, like, why I speculate so hard. Like, who done it? <laughs> right, yeah, it definitely is the type of movie that can make you paranoid. Or, or uh, that person's not dead. I didn't actually watch them die. They're not dead. <laughs> yep, unless you, see a, unless you see a corpse, they're never dead. That's, if they just, if they're like, oh, this character died off screen, like, bullshit, show me the body. Throw, show me the body slapped on the morgue, or the morgue slab, getting autopsy. Give me a funeral scene of them yeah. getting buried. Let me, show me their head getting blown to pieces, like, in frame, not from, like, a distance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. Because um, I know you movies, you fucking <laughs> tricky sons of bitches. You, you like to fool us mm-hmm. with shit like that. Uh, I will say Adam's abduction scene is, like, the twist is is probably the most memorable part of this movie, but Adam's abduction scene should go on, like, the top ten list of most horrifying segments of terror mm-hmm. ever put on film. Like, the, the ten, like in the darkness, in the, the camera flash, like, other movies have done it, but I feel like this one, it real, like, this is the, the pinnacle of, of doing yeah. a scene like that. And really ramping up the tension and and the terror with it, because it's st- like I, it freaked me out in the theater. It still kind of freaks me out now, and I've I've seen this movie numerous times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of oh, course, wow. <laughs> I I really like Lee Wan L as an actor. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he wrote it, um, or co-wrote it rather. Uh, and he, he's predominantly a writer. So he hasn't done too many acting roles, but I've seen him, seen him in a few things. I just, I really like him. And I think maybe it's because he's, he reminds me a little bit of Jason Lee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in like his line deliveries and whatnot. 
Oh. His death scene. His death. Totally dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to electrocute you now. Seth. And then, of course, uh, Carrie. fucking did that while he was in the room with, like, oh my God, that is just, I still, even though I know it's him. Right. Like, I'm just my stomach every time because, like, he, it was, fuck, you're there. You're just <laughs> there. No idea. <laughs> of course, your plan didn't work. You were whispering to each other in the dark over the body of the guy who put you there, listening to every fucking word. But he let he let them have their little play show, which proves Jigsaw has a sense of humor. He does. <laughs> um, there is a really I don't know if I ever noticed it before, but there is a really subtle hint of that twist. It com- it comes pretty late though. It's when um, Carrie always finally cuts his foot off and grabs the gun, and goes to put the bullet in. There's no spent shell casing in that gun. That cylinder is completely empty. There's no bullets in it. Until he oh, puts one shit. in. Yeah. Which that that's what that's what I'm saying. Detail. Holy this, shit. I this, had never noticed. This movie does is isn't just a twist that cripples itself to get there. It lays all the foundations and even yeah, blatantly yeah. shows you what's about to happen right up until the twist. But they do it so oh, cleverly. Man. That you don't notice it until afterwards. That fucking blows my mind now. I'm gonna yep. have to go and just like watch that scene again. <laughs> they paid enough attention. There's no bullet in that gun until uh uh Dr. Fuckhead puts one in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence Gordon, Dr. Gordon. I I I do feel like Carrie always deserves some kind of award. Not not an Academy Award for uh, delivering the line, stop the lies, you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) You liar who lies. (laughs) Which there there are moments in this movie that that I was just like, (laughs) it's just so odd. It's like that line and his delivery of it is just so terrible. And (laughs) and also the the clearly fast-forwarded car chase scene. Between Danny Glover and Zepp, I, mm-hmm. I was I was laughing in the theater when that happened. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> you literally just pressed fast forward on them driving cars. Not even driving cars, but pretending to drive cars on a back lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the fakest looking shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that was that was before the twist. So I'm like, this is like I was like, Zep is the killer. Like, okay, this movie sucks. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Um, but yeah, and then this this one did get, honestly. This one got a lot of categories from me. Like, it, it definitely rewatching it definitely reminded me how much I like the original Saw and honestly the franchise. But like, yeah, it got favorite story from me. It got comfiest movie, weirdly enough. Uh, it also got scariest, if for no other reason than that Adam's abduction scene is just horrifying to me. Yeah. Uh, it got favorite music because, like, come on, like all the all the other not that the music in the other movies wasn't bad, but none of the the other movies this month have like a definitive theme, like a theme, theme song. song. Yeah, and yeah. like the Saw theme song is like. Again, it's got to be in the top ten of like best horror movie themes ever. 
Especially, like, the way it was utilized in the movie. <clears throat> and uh, most, I gave it most entertaining. Wow. Yeah. See, you were you were you were keeping the the categories away from Saw. I was like, I'm a feed kettle another win, which was not my intent. I was just like, I genuinely really like Saw. Like, I really yeah. like it a lot more than you know. Like comparing it to the other three, I was like, Saw is my favorite and of the, all yeah, of it, these. Yeah, there, there's yeah a lot of. We watched a lot of good shit. I mean, we watch a lot of good shit every month. Yeah, I can. Month, it's one of those like I can honestly say every every movie this month or all the movies this month I did genuinely enjoy yeah. pretty well to like some degree or another. Definitely got most entertaining for me because, like, honestly, like the twist still gets me every time, even though it's I know a great it's going And I think I gave it. What else did I give it? Uh, favorite poster. Hmm. It was close. It was honestly a close one for me with favorite poster. Because I do really... Like, I like the 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 fake poster <laughs> that Kettle slipped in and none of us realized until very late in the month. That yeah, it was, was actually... Like, oh, that's Saw 3. That's Saw 3. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, oh, shit, she's right. <laughs> but I did really like that poster and I like the uh, the one that you replaced it with, too. Like, I really... Oh, like, I like that yeah, one I, even I more. Really I really like really that, like that, that poster. That encompasses, like, what is... Yeah, yeah and a single image and it's, like, all high contrast black and white. I'm like, that's, mm-hmm. that's good shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. You need some more of that shit. That's good shit. <laughs> I do feel like... So, well, I'll let Neff talk because she hasn't said anything. I'm curious to oh, hear. Okay, so I got a, I got a real like serious question for Neff on Saw. Huh? Did you actually rewatch it, or did you just draw from memory? I rewatched it. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't judge you too harshly if you hadn't. I'd have judged you a little bit though. No, I rewatched <laughs> it, so I would be. In the moment. I considered it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I know you were considering it. That's why I asked. Yeah. No, I, I've been watched it. I can't say I was the happiest of campers. Um, it's not that it's a bad movie. I just, I watched it once. It scared the poop out of me. <laughs> I'm done. Like, I, I am done. It's a good movie. Uh, you know, it, 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 the ending was a brilliant I don't want to watch it again. Lady, can go fuck herself. I'm I'm just cursed at picking movies that freak you the fuck out, and I'm sorry. She no, was playing kidding. up Child's Play. It didn't I bother was. her at all. I was. Okay. Child's Play really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it's a redheaded fucking doll. Like, come on, it's not that bad. Um, and it's a very cartoonish doll. It's not like you made me watch Annabelle. Which I would have watched, but again, that's been very another like the Conjuring franchise. That's another James Wan thing. Mm. He also did uh, Insidious. Hmm. Very Insidious good was fun. Yeah. Um, but like, it's a good movie. It's got a great plot. Um, I will be honest. I do not want to watch the later ones at all. <laughs> I have like no interest. And and kind of in the lieu of like your new initiative. Like if you don't want to watch it, Boone, you're not <laughs> going to watch it. That's kind of how I feel about yeah, the Saw movies. At that's this point. fine. Like. It, it it holds no appeal. I don't like the like, and the one that sticks in my mind is in one of the series. The dude is waiting in the chick's closet, and he kidnaps her from within her closet. No 
Thank you. Nope. Yeah, you're already that's in my three. home. That's like that's like a that's like a unintentional fear like that I have is 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 I think that's why I move so hardcore to the fact that I want to build my own house. I don't want to risk anybody living in my walls. <laughs> <laughs> if I put them up myself, by God, I'll know there's no one there. Exactly. And you open up a cabinet <laughs> one day and there's just a contractor staring that. back at you and is like, what are you doing here? It's like, you were so eager oh, to put I up the walls. <laughs> you were so eager to put up the walls, you didn't wait for me to get out of them. Like, oh, my bad, bud. Been eating, like, dry packets of ramen back there for six months. Jesus. Right? <laughs> Let's get you out of like, there. It's just, I, I just, it, it's, like, Carrie Elway's was a lot of fun to watch in that. Um, He's I so weird. I, he is so weird. <laughs> this is such a weird role for him. Heart. Like, he's, um, it kind of, it kind of worked for the character and how disconnected he was from his life. Yeah. But like Harry always, he's so like I, I'm convinced he is an android. Like yeah. he, or he is some wax figure that has gained life. <laughs> just based on his appearance and his acting style. Like I love Carrie always, but like just based on his appearance and acting style, I'm like, you're a wax statue that has been animated with, with unholy life. So when he's doing like the really dramatic stuff <laughs> and whatnot. It's it like it's really it comes across really goofy to me because I just don't I don't think of him in that way. Like again, like the stop the lies, you're a liar. And uh, the when he's uh, when he answers the phone and he thinks it's Zep and he's like Zep, you bastard, I'll kill you, I'll fucking kill you. And his wife says something. He's like, Huh, Allie? Like it's the, it's precious is all I'll say. It's just it it's a precious. precious it's a precious transformation. Uh, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I yeah. I mean, I really don't have much more to say about it other than that it's spooky. I don't want to watch the rest <laughs> of them, and it was not comfy. It, it definitely was not comfy. However, it did get the best music for me. I mean, look, and, and yeah, that theme, and then the credits start up, and they put on some Fear Factory. Like, I couldn't not give this movie favorite music. <laughs> like, right. Fear it, Factory it is still really like second music. favorite band of all time. So I'm like, nah, you put them in the credits, like, damn man, that's just cheating. Yes, you're cheating. <clears throat> uh, so I, I think I only have one other question regarding Saw. Did, okay. did escape rooms exist before this movie, or did this movie literally start a franchise and a business model? I think. I feel model. like escape rooms weren't a thing until uh, kind of even later than that. Though. Yeah. But like, but prevalent. like after, but it, but did they come about? Like, did they just not exist pre-saw? I, I I will say I'm not sure, but I don't. I can't think of escape rooms at any point, any time, even no. like before even like twenty. 14 maybe I, I at the very like if they did exist prior uh, before saw i feel like saw definitely ramped up the public's interest in going to them for sure <laughs> oh, for, yeah yeah because that's basically what saw is predicated on is basically extreme escape rooms yeah i think a mix of saw plus like actual horror tours like the um 
we went to a place called Bates Motel up in Pennsylvania that was just like a horror a horror tour mm-hmm. during Halloween. And you you go to different houses with different crazy ass setups and then they'll right. take you on roommate place. So I mean not quite the same because it's not a game. No, and those and those have definitely existed because Halloween horror nights has been going since the nineties, yeah. maybe late eighties. I saw a surge in popularity like when I started living in Georgia and that was like 2007 so okay but like definitely I feel like def- like the the whole puzzle like you have to you're locked in a room and you have to come up with answers to riddles and puzzles mm-hmm. to work your way out in an allotted time like I feel like I feel like Saul might have started that shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if if not a, a giant influence, yeah, it definitely was a great commercial for them. <laughs> like what, eight, seven years worth of commercials every year. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that brings us to our last movie. Oh boy, I've been waiting oh, on this boy. shit. If 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 we wind up breaking four hours, it's probably going to be because <laughs> of this fucking Christ, movie. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, the house oh, that Jack built, specifically, what? It, how did they display it in the in the opening credits when they did the title reveal? The house that Jack built, Lars von Trier. Not even Lars von Trier's the house that Jack built. No, he just put his name under the title. <laughs> Oh, Ooh. Lars. <laughs> and that is what is the first stroke of the masturbatory fantasy. That <laughs> Which was Neff's selection, so she can mm-hmm. start us off. So I literally picked this from a list of most messed up movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because that is what... It's valid. Interesting, yeah. Um, so... It, I didn't like it at first. I hated it at first, actually, because when he's acting super awkward or, you know, he's trying to, to get into that woman's house, the, the scene with the woman asking him for rides back and forth is fucking hilarious, because that was Uma Thurman. That was yeah. Uma Thurman, and, yeah. And she was great I did, I for that one scene. Waiting. Yeah, that I liked it at first, and then I hated it, because <clears throat> if anybody knows me, I hate awkward situation to mo- situations in movies. It makes me feel awkward. And I don't like feeling that level of awkward because I would never do something as stupid as that. No, I don't have my badge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's a good thing that I don't have my badge. What? <laughs> what? You passed the test because I sell insurance. <laughs> That was such an awkward winding wave of bullshit. Like my reaction, like it was very cringy. But my reaction to that was like I was just laughing my ass off. Some of this movie, I genuinely—it's hilarious. Over the top, I thought was fucking funny. Yeah, I'm like, despite all the disturbing, fucked up shit in this movie and the pretentious, like self-indulgent, masturbatory nonsense, this movie is hilarious. acting awkward on his own mm. like when he was trying to trying out faces basically he was like oh but right like, yeah like that that's all right it's just social awkwardness is awkward to watch and it makes me feel uncomfortable in the same way that like it, it's almost to the level of like fish needing to be warned about animal violence 
we have to give you we have to start giving you socially awkwardness warnings i don't know why and i think that's honestly why i hate will ferrell so much but like it's it's so awkward and he was and then and then it just changed because then he you know because he was hitting all the the key indicators at least in my opinion of being like what you know a serial killer actually would do he was uh socially removed from he wasn't socially set up my words cannot work tonight um you know he was he was a sociopath he did have multiple victims at different times um and he was doing things along the lines of um really he didn't have any motive honestly other than the morbid showing that there was beauty and morbidity which was true um but the scene that really got me was when he was taking out them kids and and yeah. the mom the mom got me <laughs> i was just like Mm -hmm. um and then also the scene with the duck like i knew it was coming i didn't realize the warning that i read because like i started searching through the movies for like animal violence specifically for fish so that way i could pre-warn her and i was i was watching it i was just like oh no and they actually showed it and i was just like oh no that that duck just lives to have a happy long (laughs) life that's what it is Happy duck. That's what it is. I'm. So, I saw it, and I'm still siding with fish. It lived happily ever after. We're oh, good. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It had tons of other perfect little, little yellow life. babies. Yep. Yeah, perfect little duck life. And it just it hit me into the point of like I I think what continues to get me in movies and why I cried when I watched it is it it's that the scene where he's in that apartment with the girl that he cut, lobs her tits off. Yeah. And make one into a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah was, so, uh, and pins the other one to the hood of the cop car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what honestly got me is, is the legitimacy of him going, you want to scream? Scream. Go ahead. Scream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, for sure. And she screamed and she screamed and nobody did anything. I know people heard her and that just like... Things were really tucked into the nihilism of what humanity is. It breaks my heart and it just makes me really sad and it makes me cry because I realize that, yes, that's actually true. That's actually the way a lot of situations go down, which is why they tell you to scream fire instead of rape. Mm. You know, and it just, it, it's like watching Dead Girl. I was very yeah. uncomfortable throughout most of the movie. Yes, there were moments where you're just like, this is over the top. This is ridiculous. Like, what is this hell tram- tra- like walk that we got going on at the end here? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? You mean his attempt at Dante's Inferno? I <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I caught that. I gave up. I was just like, no. Although I will have to agree. If hell were to have a sound it would be that fucking buzzing oh my fucking god <laughs> i'm just like can we stop yeah can i, I feel like i feel like that was cribbed from something though because i feel like i've heard something Probably. something similar before. there's um there's a like, i've heard that description before there's a tunnel that supposedly leads to hell and i think you can hear a humming in it and that's why they think it leads to hell so like there's 
Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Fish. I, I was <laughs> right. Kind of what? I I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if it was because it was it, like literally like like he he was going into that description of like what the buzzing is and like why it's a buzz and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I feel like I've heard this like exact description before somewhere. Is it is it literally ripped straight from Dante's Inferno? Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Virgil. Well, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked up on the other like Virgil and like the mm -hmm. clear <laughs> signs of it being like Dante's Inferno and shit like that. But I didn't know that that was like a direct line from it. But even that, Lars fucking didn't do enough research on it. <laughs> Fish has got a rant. It's oh, nice to it's, it's nice really not to be the ranty one this here, month. Yeah. Like, I don't think I had a single rant this month. Oh, um, <laughs> we'll go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Literally, my my first note for this movie was art. Yeah, <laughs> because it is very much the type of movie that screams in your face that it is art. Uh, even even though like as as much as it wants to be art, you, you know what that opening scene was pretty much a direct ripoff of the opening scene in Scream. Like oh, see, I haven't seen Scream. That yeah. Cast a a well known prominent actress mm -hmm. in in a in the movie, and then immediately immediately also blonde. Yeah, that also tied in. And then immediately, like five minutes into the movie, brutally kill her off to surprise the audience who expected a prominent, well-known actress to hang around for the rest of the movie because she's a prominent, well-known actress. Um, so yeah, that was that was taken straight out of Scream. <laughs> if that was if that was art, it was a sore ripoff of a Pollock painting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the this oh no go ahead. I was that's why it was great for somebody like me who doesn't really read into the art shit and all that. I'm just like, I see some of the shit and I'm just like, wow, that's fucked up. But then some of the other stuff, I'm just like, almost kind of la like I said, kind of laughing at, it. just so over the top. Like when he's driving the van and dragging that fucking corpse. Oh yeah, no, like, that was uh, hilarious. Scooby-Doo like, Scooby music with this shit. Like, yeah, that was definitely one of the moments where I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Right. <laughs> that is that is. And I then mean, the the time where he realizes, like, if I put like little pins and stuff in, it's like I can pose them how I want, and it's like, okay, and it's like, <laughs> I made a corpse child, and it's like. <laughs> Well, all right, Lars. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> but that's so but, over the top. I'm just like, okay, sure. But, it, but at the same time, maybe, maybe you know, I'm not the best source of you know opinion on this. No, Cause, no. Because I was, I was, I was, article and, I was definitely, uh, I was definitely one of uh, me and my friend Joe were in the minority when we went to go see House of a Thousand Corpses in the theater, and we were laughing. At some of the parts that really probably shouldn't have been laughed at. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my my sense of humor definitely tends towards the darker side of things. So I mean, yeah, because I definitely had like hot, like pretty high expectations for fucked up shit, but I didn't expect it to go over that line into comedy for me. Yeah. I read like the Wikipedia article and talking about like when it first screened, it's like oh, people were sickened and like walked out of the theater and all this, and I'm like. 
Unless it was if it was for anything other than the duck scene, then I don't I don't understand it. I don't know that kid. That scene with the like the scene with the kids was pretty fucked. Yeah, Yeah. remove him and just yeah, and just watch the kids getting shot and then her being forced to feed the kid a piece of cake. Oh yeah, that 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 segment was fucked. That woman, not not the dude. Like the dude did a pretty good job. Like Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. He did a pretty good job. Oh yeah, no, uh, Matt Dillon did great. Yeah, I thought. But that woman deserves a fucking Oscar <laughs> because, like, having been through trauma myself, and and I'm sure a majority of us here have been to, through some degree of trauma, like that level of shutdown, I can relate to. Like, yeah. you just, you just, you just, you're just sitting there and you're just like, cake, yeah. Um, and then the way she walks away, just mm-hmm. that alone. Made the movie. So now one, oh. go ahead. I was say one one thing regarding that that incident because it's split up into the different incidents. Right. Well, that I thought was odd is it didn't show like the turning point for him. It was just everything's nice and normal, and then all of a sudden they're running on the range. Whereas yeah. everything, all the other ones, it showed the you gradual the process. Yeah. It, and and I thought that was kind of strange. Maybe he just couldn't yeah. think of a way to do that, so he just snipped it out. As yeah. as a writer, I know I've done that many. The yeah. the writer's greatest friend is the the scene cut, yeah, or the time jump, where it's just like I don't really know how to get from point A to point B, but I definitely want point A happens. to jump to yeah. point B. So like you you just figure that out, reader. You just figure that out your damn self. This is happening now. Deal with it. Uh, the lady from the second incident, though, did anybody else recognize her? Mm-mm. Um, yes, but I can't remember from where from. That was going to be a question for you. Edgar, your face is loose. Is this better? Men in Black. Uh, she was Edgar's hey. Edgar's wife in Men in Black, and she was oh, wow. she was in a few other movies around that time. Like I I, I recognized her because she has a very distinctive face and a very very distinctive voice. And I hadn't seen her in a while, so it was nice to see her show up in something again. Um, also on the point of this movie, just, I don't know, intentionally, unintentionally being fucking hilarious to me, Murder Scene OCD, I was laughing my ass off. Where he'd, he'd clean everything, and then he'd get out, and he'd think about the the thing he just touched, and like, oh, there's blood under it. He's got to go back in. I'm like, well, I feel that, like, not obviously with the right, like with, the, I mean, the, yeah, those, the, yeah, the, those you're fine with. Yeah, you got yeah, every yeah. speck of blood. But it's just, good. just with things in general, like where it's like, did I do that right, or did I like fuck that up, or then, and there's no <laughs> way for me to go back and check. And I'm like, shit, I hope so. <laughs> kind of like how you when you're driving and you space out, and you're all of a was that like, like i hope i didn't I yeah run anybody over yeah ho- i hope i don't you know wake up tomorrow morning and my car looks like leo's from wolf of wall street like yeah <laughs> yeah i've had the, like those are like and i'm pretty sure it's fine but i mean i've never been i've never seen evidence that says it wasn't fine but yeah those those zone out times while driving the car where it's just like you're working on full autopilot and your mind somewhere else and you're like did I stop at that light, or did, was it green? What did I do? I don't remember. That's terrifying. Uh, thanks, Brain. Thanks for that. Yeah. Laughing, too, but only because I was laughing at Lars and making fun of him. <laughs> you, you are not a fan of this movie. 
No. See, I, I went into it expecting that I was going to fucking hate it, but yeah. I turned around and, and and found some semblance of enjoyment. I'm sure I didn't enjoy it the way Lars wanted me to, and in that way I can tell him yeah. to fuck himself. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, uh, I, I definitely... And I also feel like, at least for me, if I didn't know it was a movie of his, I wouldn't have immediately jumped to it. Like, it's fucked up, but like... Yeah. Well, he makes sure you know it's it one of his the movies. the weirdness of, like, Antichrist, because that's the only other thing of his that I've seen. Yeah, that was one of my notes, too. I was like, well, it's more coherent than Antichrist, at least. Yeah. You know, at least there's that. <laughs> like, I understand what's going on, pretty much, for the most part, in this Antichrist. I have mm. no fucking clue what happened in that movie. It's it's not that I didn't, like, because there was, like, I mean, like, I am a gore fan. Like, I love watching gory shit happen. I like, I'm a true crime fan. I like watching or listening about, like, true crime shit and when you go into that much detail on a murder i'm like glued to the screen right like oh this is fucked i gotta watch more of it Mm. Mm, but this man (laughs) (laughs) this man this This fucking guy (laughs) uh i also i also i mean i will say this movie had the highest score uh out of a base score because uh yeah, there's a lot of dead bodies in this movie. I don't know yep. if I got an entirely accurate count because it was very hard to, you know, pinpoint each of them and also factoring in, like, some of them were kills we saw happen that wound up in that, that meat locker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I, I wound up with 29 that I could confirm in terms of, of on-screen kills as well as bodies that are shown in the in the freezer um at one point he boasts that he's killed 60 people going on 61 and i was like listen fucker you can say whatever fucking number you want but unless i see 60 fucking dead bodies you're not getting that score like you you (laughs) gotta show you gotta show me i'm not just gonna take your word on it and and add 60 to this this list fuck you and then they get right. to the meat locker scene, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta count bodies. I gotta if if there's sixty bodies, and and there wasn't. There clearly was not sixty bodies in there. Like there might have been more than twenty nine in there. It's hard to tell, but there was not nearly as much as sixty in there. And I hope you didn't count the house of bodies. Oh, I, I used the house of bodies to get a more accurate count. Ah, okay. I started counting in the freezer from different. Like I was pausing it at different angles. And, like, tallying them up. And then it got to Body House, and I'm like, okay, throw all that out, start counting bodies from here. Yeah. As, as much as I can. So, like, I don't think 29 is an accurate count, but it's as accurate as I can make it while doing, like, if I did any research for this movie, it was literally pausing the movie to count corpses. Uh, and I did the best I could with that. Um... But yeah, no, this <laughs> fucking Lars, man. <laughs> like I'm watching this and it gets up to a point where it gets particularly pretentious and self-indulgent, which is around the time that they start showing war atrocity footage and everything like that, which first of all, um I did not count those bodies because fuck you Lars. Yeah. Um but I'm just like, is this like his weird response to him giving a very cringy answer at at a at a panel 
where he was like, he, he found out that his ancestors, he thought his ancestors were Jewish, but they were actually Nazis. And it changed his kind of perspective on things. And he intimated that like, he kind of on some level sympathized with the Nazis, but he kind of tried to pass it off as like a joke. Like I, I, th I genuinely think that it was him attempting to make a joke, but he's, he's doing it in English, which is clearly not his first language. And it just, it's one of those moments on a panel where you think you can pull something off for laughs and then you get into it and you realize you've made a huge mistake and instead of just stopping and saying, I'm sorry, I was trying to make a bad joke. It didn't come off right. I didn't mean any of that. Let's just move on. He doubles down <laughs> and makes it Apparently. worse and more cringy. Like, I feel like, is I was like, is this, is this movie his way of, like, dealing with that? And also just dealing with, like, whatever weird head trip that learning that information fucked with him? Because there was a lot, like, there was there was a lot of that, I feel. Mm -hmm. um, and then, on top of that, there's a lot that's very blatant, like, him criticizing the people who criticize him as a filmmaker. Uh, up to and including the very blatant montage of clips from his other movies that played. Oh, where I was just like... I, I, the only one of his that I've seen besides this was Antichrist, and I think that's the only reason I picked up on the fact that it was clearly just a montage of clips from his other movies, is that there was a clip from Antichrist in that montage, and I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. What the fuck, Lars? <laughs> and then, so, like, all that, and then, like, a serial killer movie, and then... All of that is just buried under a mountain of self-indulgent armchair philosophizing and loosely connected yeah. pieces of trivia about random shit. <laughs> Let me tell you about architecture. No, Lars, shut yeah. the fuck up and show the killing. <laughs> uh, to make up for the fact that he didn't do any fucking research on serial killers. <laughs> um... Well, it's you know, like there's a lot of notes on me trying to tally the bodies. Um, War scenes slowly going over my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, and then and then I, I guess one final point on like. Also, Lars, is this is this movie meant to be a fucking comedy? Because if so, you are nailing it at several points of the movie, including the jump cut to. Hit the road, Jack, playing yeah. during the ending credits. I laughed my fucking, fucking ass funny. off when they jump funny. cut to that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Lars? <laughs> like, this is a joke, right? Like, is that the joke? <laughs> Meatball down my pants, make it look like I tore my scrotum open? Is that the joke? Uh, oh lordy and, and then the only other thing i can really say on it is like it was a two and a half hour plus movie it did, the pacing was good it did not feel yeah. like two and a half hours it didn't feel as long as it was like it got to the end and i had to remind myself that it was as long as it was because i was like that breezed by weirdly enough anyway 
Mm-hmm. I think it's time Fish. for Fish to take center stage and, and go off on a rant. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I want to read you it. a question for him, an interview and then his answer. Oh, okay. Did you, spend, did you spend a lot of time looking into the lives of real serial killers? I wouldn't say a lot of time, but I have looked into them. What you see is normally the audience to a trial would be a lot of women. There's something about women and serial killers. My wives had all the same interests in the serial killers. It's really strange. So is this a film for women? Yes, but they will probably get upset about things that happen in it. So it's actually a film for nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Whores! Like, I can't say I'm a fan of his work, but, like, he is... Honestly, I, doesn't give a I I feel like there's something specially magical about him that I'm just like, God, you can't be interviewed well. <laughs> Your movies are insane, and honestly, that's an apt description of them. <laughs> They're movies made for nobody. <laughs> movies made for nobody out of nothing. Like this movie is literally. Like Kettle said, self-masturbatory. Oh yeah, no, it's self-indulgent as fuck. I had no idea about Lars, and I didn't let Kettle's opinion of him influence me in the beginning, because I was like, oh man, it's gonna be a gory fucking movie, and it's about a serial killer, let's go. I fully expecting a serial killer. Okay, so we're gonna start from the beginning. Um, Uma Thurman <laughs> talking about serial killers in the 70s. In the early 70s, where his killings are first taking place, Serial killers weren't known about. It was not a fact. They didn't even have a name for it. They In America, at the very least, although serial killers technically have existed, Rome, uh, uh, Russia, and America. Pre-70s, yeah. H.H. Holmes, Edgeen. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, the whole fact, that's what had me looking it up. Because I was like, but... I don't really like really like you're talking about serial killers like and you're you're blatantly telling him what you're gonna do if he tries to kill you like shut up um, <laughs> <laughs> although don't get me wrong, i love uma thurman she's a great oh no, yeah uma thurman's everything great that she's in. um so i went into a deep dive and i i'm not gonna toot my own horn too fucking much but i've been following serial killers since i was about 10 years old um <laughs> So I had to go to the FBI's website and pulled up another thing from psychology today as well. According to the FBI, a serial killer is someone who commits at least three murders over a month with an emotional cooling off period. And according to them, it involves committing two or more murders with a psychological motive. So they do have motives and sadistic sexual overtones. He tried to take the, uh, I think Matt Dillon, when I was reading in this interview, was saying that he tried to model after Ted Bundy, but the only thing he really did like Ted Bundy was actually pretending to be hurt. um, Yeah, Yeah, that was very Bundy. Like, honestly, for like, to me, it seemed like there were a number of different serial killer, like, elements thrown in, like Ted Bundy with the using the crutches um ed gein with the making stuff out of people um um, and there was also uh bundy related was the how meticulous he was in the beginning but as you do it more and more you kind of don't worry as much or you you i think he had a quote that was like after the third or fourth time you can't remember where you put the wrench 
Right. See, and, and then and, and then the the, see, the second not... the second incident to me it felt very um much like Hold BTK. On, <laughs> a little I'm gonna bit. Go into it. Okay. I'm gonna go into it. So, no, that was just my observation. But so I mean, with serial killers, the whole thing is is they are obsessed. Or I'm gonna go over how he condescends himself a lot and contradicts himself a lot. It felt like he was trying to make a serial killer and then made it lean more towards a spree killer because i can't exactly call him a spree killer either um because the time period was just too short but then again there's another point of how the lack of the time in between these killings or the mention of time in between these killings doesn't give me a sense of a cooling off period at all um which can go on for months even years like ted bundy even had it in that time period they are normal human beings because the whole thing about verge saying oh a psycho with a psycho murderer with an ocd like you've just contradicted yourself because serial killers do have ocd the whole compulsion is they're psychotic they have a psychotic break yes but it's only because they haven't been fulfilling the fantasy in their head and the motive behind the reason why they want to kill there is something pushing them to that it's usually for the majority it's usually something that makes them kill one certain group of people ted bundy's was women of college age with brunette hair who all had the same similar angular faces um for edmund kemper it was more people that were familial like family figures um for um john wayne gacy it was a pedophilia act um and so like he tried to touch on this because he does one of the serial killer uh types which is power orientated but then completely blows it out of the water because this dude is just killing to fucking kill because he can and he wants art um could be considered visionary but the visionary is compelled to murder because they hear voices they see visions ordering them to kill certain kinds of people not even mission orientated not targeting a specific group of people who they believe are unworthy to live and without whom the world would be a better place not even a hedonistic killer who's killing for the thrill of it because they enjoy the act of killing because he hedonistic killers become sexually aroused during the act of murder and usually like ted bundy fuck the victims after they're dead because they can control them that way um <laughs> he's just i i just he's not a serial killer <laughs> and he, he's just not and he even leads to mass murder but it's only and where i say like he's arguing with himself in the movie over this and contradicting himself a lot is because he's like okay here's the silly serial killer a self-admitted serial killer but then, well, you haven't killed this type of group of people. Well, oh, you mean men? Okay, well, let me tell you about how I almost killed like 10 men at once. So mass murder? Okay, we've gone into spree murdering and mass murdering, and it's not exactly what you were shooting for in the fucking beginning. Like, he tries, he fails, because <laughs> he didn't do his goddamn research well enough. I was still trying to figure out what the hell he was trying to build. 
And to Kettle's point before, where he was attempting with the Ted Bundy thing, Ted Bundy did not um, did not end up getting sloppy. Ted Bundy ended up doing what Lars did and go for the joke till the end <laughs> when he tried to represent himself in court he was just too stupid enough because killers don't ha- or serial killers don't have always have high IQs Edmund Kemper was only one of the only ones that really actually have a a um, higher view of themselves and he throws in Iceman who while I'd like to call him a serial killer, you can't because he was actually contracted to murder people. He was working for the mob. Um, yeah. And he even, um, he's an outlier because he had a very, 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 very specific psychosis um, where he was detached from everything and nothing meant anything to him. Like he was just killing because it brought in money. And the only things he ever loved were his kids. And that was it. And he was like, yeah, I know they don't love me. I know why. I'd kill you if it meant that I would, you know, gain money from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and put food on the table for them. Like, you know, um, and I think, like, to wrap it up, I think Lars was having a debate with himself about That's, yeah. what a serial killer should be. <clears throat> But like maybe, I said, I lean more towards free killer than anything maybe, else. Like, yeah, the the movie definitely, and that's uh, like was talking about with like the the cringy answer about the Nazis and shit like that. Like a lot of the movie, and especially like the the dialogue back and forth between Jack and Verge, like it it very much comes across as a writer arguing with themselves in their head. Yeah. Like that's that's all, all or or like postulating on random little bits of things and and going back and forth in their own. Like it feels like a very just like in your own head back and forth self-aggrandizing, self-indulging oh, yeah. like internal argument with yourself about different topics. Yeah, I think it definitely was a projection of himself and what oh, yeah. he wishes he could do and i'm sorry i'm i'm just sorry like i just i could not get over the hump that he kept calling him a serial killer it was like, <laughs> not what it is defined as literally not and the problem with with um the problem that posed the fbi to go into a symposium to differentiate between serial killers spree killers um, and mass killers, and then to even say, hey, do, do spree killers count as this, is because of how media portrays uh, a serial killer. They romanticize them and give them these superpowers to where people actually revere them. And I'm sorry, like, hot as Ted Bundy was, I wouldn't actually get into a fucking car with him ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know? And, like, it's just... it. It, it makes me mad because it didn't take that respect of like if I'm going to compare it to the other movies it didn't take the respect that it did to make them as gritty as a serial killer is like it didn't make them as um, horrifying because like I mean yeah Anthony Hopkins 
is great looking and I jump into bed with him too, but I'm not going to ask a real life Hannibal Lecter to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like so, it's just, it, and based on his character, like that's just a scary fucking character. This guy, like Matt Dillon did great, but he was a fucking fool in my eyes as a person. As Jack was a fucking fool. That's all he was. Like, it, it, even he was masturbating all over himself. <laughs> what is your sexual so, urge? My question is this, because I was looking at the serial, serial murder thing on the FBI's website, same as you, Fish, mm-hmm. and the multidisciplinary perspectives for investigators. Um that that was the one thing I kind of looked at, and when I when you go down to like their um, definition that the symposium came up with, uh, that they finally narrowed it down to. Hold on, I scrolled too far. I scrolled too far. Oh no! I have to go to the part because I read the symposium, but so... um, there's a further part in their website that basically goes into how they amended um, a few things since then. And what okay, they so this, is, this is amended beyond that because yeah, it says one or mm-hmm. two, one or more offenders, two or more murdered victims. Incidents should be occurring in separate events at different times. The time period between murders separates tri- serial murder from mass murder. And in combining various yeah. ideas put forth from at the symposium, the following definition was crafted: the unlawful killing of two or more victims in the same offender by the same offender apostrophe s in separate events, which technically in that case he was a serial killer because we he does he seems to mass kill like i think what what confuses me is if we take a part just not listening to his the the vaughn part of it but like just purely looking at the killings he kills people and then he has separate incidences where he kills people again well, yeah, and it's so not always in large too. numbers so does three so, killers too, but when they amend it, okay. they actually talk about how there are literally four types of serial killers, visionary, mission-orientated, hedonistic, power-orientated, and they have a specific motive and specific type of person they kill, and the where the compulsion comes in and the reason why they keep killing is because they end up trying to perfect that same kill over and over and over again so that they don't get caught. He does not know. Yeah, he he just kills different groups of people because maybe he hates women, but also hates men at the very last second. <laughs> like, right? Um, he just hates people. Can we? Can we? Yeah. Like, just just be honest with yourself, there. You just hate people. So, like, and I'm sorry. Uh, with the with the refractory thing, because you pointed that out, whether he had no refractory period, um. What about yes, his like his his way of explaining it with the whole walking under a lamppost metaphor? I thought I thought it, he's talking about he, he he's talking about when you walk when you're standing underneath a lamppost your your shadow is at its smallest and densest, and then as you walk away from it your shadow stretches in front of you and then the next lamp casts it behind you and blah blah blah, um, and then he equates it to that being his urge to kill. Like when he's when he's under the lamppost is right when he's he's killed and he's feels the whole most whole and then as he walks past the lamppost, um, something about like the shadow before him is reaching out yearning for something while the shadow behind him is growing and like 
causing him discomfort and pain until he reaches the next lamppost and he's killed again. I really wish that I could say that, like, there was an actual meaning behind that philosophical jerking off, but it was just words. I don't think it was an actual reason to kill. And if we well, no, not an actual, but life, but I just like his way of describing describing the refractory he's period urged to kill. Well, okay, so there's there's a cooling off period, and to define that cooling off period is what I think you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. There. I would have bought it if they actually showed me anything about what his normal life was in the cooling off period and what drove him to get back to that other period. But no, you just gave me philosophy and it really doesn't, that can apply to anything in life. That does not necessarily apply to any serial killer. Right. And again, like, what is it that is, what is the fantasy that is actually driving you to kill? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of actual trauma did you have in your life that is prompting this killing? Um, was it rejection? Because I don't think you were rejected. It looked like you had an all right life, except for maybe trying to kill a duck, you little fucker. Um, <laughs> but even that too, like there's three actual literal signs of a serial killer. They only show me one of them. Yeah. There's no So being cruel or abusive to animals, especially to pets of your own, um setting fire to objects or otherwise committing minor acts of arson like they're pyromaniacs and if you look throughout all the serial killers there's a lot of that and then Mm -hmm. regularly wetting the bed if you had shown me all of that i would have taken it i would have taken it and been like yeah i guess i could i could suspend my disbelief for that right but he literally like he argues with himself so much and when he's doing the defining adjectives like that's not necessarily a killer that's just a psychopath that's literally egotism vulgarity rudeness impulsiveness narcissism intelligence irrationality manipulation mood springs verbal superiority is a psychopath and a sociopath but not all psychopaths and sociopaths are are serial killers right correct and Um, none of them are like actual loners like they have lives like if you look at all the serial killers ted bundy had a wife and had a kid um wasn't his kid but he had a wife and had a kid Dahmer had a life with his mother uh uh, Edmund Kemper had grandparents and was actually married with children um even if we're going to pull the Iceman into it he had a family Mm. like Mm -hmm. Gacy had a family like it's just you don't show me enough of that to actually have me define you as a serial killer because you're not you're just not stop call- i think one of my notes was literally stop calling yourself a serial killer you're not you're a fucking idiot <laughs> so i just wanted to point out real quick um i did do as much research as fish however i wanted to let her have the rant and show just how much research van stupid pants <laughs> put into his movie which was basically i looked at one article one article and went with the thing that most justified what I wanted it to because fish is right. He's not a serial killer. Okay. That that's a shift from what you were saying Mm -hmm. previously. Yeah. Well, Um, because I liked the idea of that. And like when fish was like, no, I did a lot of research and I'm like, fish doesn't do shit half ass. 
like my initial thing was no like if you just look at it like on the surface just blind like he's killing people he's killed more than one people they're separate incidences yeah serial killer yeah 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 sure if you just look up the one article he's totally a serial killer but if you actually so, dig so and you citate right so my other my other question mm-hmm. to fish is you consider Simon from the ugliest serial killer. Him, yeah. He had an actual cooling down period. Mm-hmm. But he also killed, like, he didn't have a set pattern to the people he killed. He would be what I he would consider a visionary he... serial killer. Oh, because of the voices. The, uh, the psychotic visionary compelled to murder because they hear okay. voices. I was just curious, because he was also specified as, like, he killed random people... Uh, people he knew, people he didn't know, uh, men, men, women. Actually, mostly people <clears throat> that actually he perceived to be making fun of him or Fair enough. manipulating him. I was just, somewhere. yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree, but I was just curious because oh, yeah. bringing up that because it's like it, he's he I doesn't have a set motif for pattern or anything to that, or at least outwardly he didn't have a set motif for pattern. Yeah, and they and they did. even call into question whether or not he is a serial killer oh, in the he ugly. Did, he yeah. did though. He would slice people's throats open. That was his mo. MO. That was yeah. He did. He did kill them all the same way from with, what we saw with yeah. a uh, butcher's razor and like fuck. Jigsaw's more of a fucking serial killer. Yes. Because <laughs> I was saying he wasn't yeah. a serial killer to be pedant, but to be pedantic and to give it a fair shot as I gave this one a fair shot, but right. he actually falls under power orientated, kills to exert ultimate control over his victims. The murders are not psychotic, but they obsess with capturing and controlling their victims and forcing them to obey their every command. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I got news for all of you. None of these movies have serial killers in them because those are all actors. They didn't really Aww. kill anybody, so like none yeah. of these movies have serial killers in them. But if you're that's my ultra pedantic. Yeah, I know, I know. So, so, so by her own admission, Nephi doesn't think he's a serial killer either, which means she's self disqualified herself from the competition. Whoa! I didn't say I self disqualified. <laughs> I just I'm joking. I'm joking. But that I'm joking. Where I just want to put out there, like he marketed this as a fucking serial killer movie, mm-hmm. and you know when you look at how media portrays serial killers in movies, like yeah, you're gonna go in there thinking you're gonna watch a serial killer movie, and unless you're as bitchy as me about <laughs> what serial killers are, <laughs> you're gonna think, hey, yeah, it's a serial killer movie because this is literally what it's presented as. Uh... Fuck you, Lars. <laughs> Fish just well actually all over Lars von Trier. <laughs> Not getting in cars with strangers, but if it's set in the seventies in the beginning, almost everyone will get into a car. People fucking hitchhike all the time. That's how like the murders happen, and fucking Ted Bundy did most of his fucking work. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Anybody got anything else for House the Jack? That covers all of it. <laughs> I will say I did I did enjoy the house jack build more than I expected yeah. to. 
Um, for sure. Yeah. No, it was enjoyable. It's just it. It was like it's it's very clearly like I don't like I I feel like I have like I'm developing a morbid enjoyment of Lars von Trier movies. I watched another one of his movies. Like literally, it was having to like actually watching. I mean, you might like Antichrist more because Antichrist doesn't really pontificate on anything specific as as this movie does. It's just a bunch of fucking weird fucked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) With some small semblance of a story involved, kind of, maybe. (laughs) One last thing, I had to hold on to my tits while I was watching that scene. Oh, yeah. That was a tough one. For you guys, literally, if you see someone get kicked in the balls, you kind of get an owie yourself. Yeah. Like, that was that for me. I was like, no. I'm getting old enough where I see anybody get injured in any sort of way, and I cringe and feel yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I can't I can't watch those like skateboarding videos where people just eat shit. Like, oh, I haven't been able to yeah. watch those for years because I'm like, no. No, thank you. I, I yeah, I can I can psychically feel that pain, and yeah, I'd rather not. Shot in the leg too was kind because of, his leg broke straight clean. Oh yeah, that was. Oh yeah, I know that that was a hard watch. Like that part. That's why I was like, guys. I think kind what of was worse up. was watching him um, manipulate the corpse. Yeah, that was that was oh, really yeah. fucked was like, too. Oof. <laughs> um. But yeah, he also okay. Got OCD wrong too, but <laughs> it's not just the cleaning compulsion. Well, like, well, I mean, you want to go into it? We're not even at the three-hour mark yet. Like, we got another hour. We could kill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, Kettle would be fine with that. We started an yeah, hour early. Right. Yeah. Watching watching people who actually have obsessive compulsive, like it's not just joking. a marketed. Hey, I just need to go back and clean really quick. No, that was. <laughs> you not wanting to get caught but well, then the whole sitting thing. in the mouth of the, uh, the wolf and being like I gotta check one more time <laughs> yeah I mean the whole thing definitely had a very armchair philosophy style to it he can eat my ass too <laughs> him and Colton uh, so anyway <laughs> I think, are we ready for oh yeah, well we gotta do categories Gotta do we gotta do movie oh, ranking yeah. and favorite killer rankings. So for me, on my ranked movies, number one was Saw, because I really dig that freaking movie. Followed by The Ugly, followed by Silence of the Lambs, followed by The House That Jack Built. Uh, Neff. Uh, mine was favorite serial favorite killer. No, no, no movies. Oh, movies, sorry. Uh, the Ugly. Mm. Uh, the House That Jack Built. Silence of the Lambs and Saw was in last place. <laughs> sorry, Kettle. Hey, yeah, it happens. <laughs> He's like, it's good news for me. I mean, that's one hey, more closer to not... Either. That's one more closer to not winning. <laughs> uh, Fish. Silence of the Lambs. Duh. Um, <laughs> saw the ugly and the house that Jack built. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cat. I did Silence of the Lambs, then House that Jack built, then Saw and the Ugly. You ranked House higher than Saw. 
just in in because of just how it, some of it made me uncomfortable and how it made me feel like mm. it, because I had seen Saw before it, it that's kind of what edged it out for me. They're right. pretty close, right? Okay, but just like seeing that for the first time and just being like, ugh. And Fair it, enough. It, it, the things, the feelings, and stuff that it evoked, and all that was like it was good in in ways, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Lars, like I said, I'm sure Lars didn't approve of the way I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so favorite killers. Uh, number one for me was The Ugly, because I really like Simon, and I like I love that performance. Um, mm-hmm. Followed by The House That Jack Built. Just because, I don't know, man, there's something about, I re- again, I really liked Matt Dillon's performance. Uh, followed by Saw, followed by Silence of the Lambs. Which again, that's that's one of those weird ones because I'm like, Silence is at the bottom, and it doesn't mean I didn't like the Killers at all. Mm-mm. It's just it kind of just shook out that way. Uh, Neff. Mine was uh, la, 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 la. uh, mine was the Ugly because again, yes, yeah, Sam Simon was best serial killer. <laughs> He um, saved the dog, or at least he tried to. He did try. <laughs> uh, Silence of the Lambs, Saw, and the house that Jack built. I didn't. I didn't really like him as a killer, to be honest. That's fair. Like, yeah. Uh, but and that's saying something. Like Jigsaw, I can get behind, man. I think honestly, I think I think I think one of the reasons I put House second for for favorite killer on my is again kind of like the same reason why Kettle put it second on his ranked movies is that like oh yeah no he did some fucked up shit that yeah had an effect on me and then and then he made a house out of people and I'm like you know it, my God he really went for it I will say <laughs> yeah that that is one thing that of of kind of the douchey shit uh, that I was kind of kind of like. Oh, that's the house that it is. That <laughs> that's the house he built. He, he tried, did it. You know, crazy son of a bitch. The whole movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he just needed one made out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Another pull from Dante's Inferno, by the way. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. I got to read Dante's Inferno. There's, there's not an actual house of people, but there's people who are in a house that Dante knows that are just consuming each other. Oh, okay. Uh, finish. Killer list. Um, Hannibal and Buffalo Bill. Mm. Uh, Especially Buffalo Bill. Now, here's why for that one, really quick. Uh, the Buffalo Bill killer, the way he does it, always creeps me out. And again, that's another Ted Bundy thing, but also because I was driving home from school after a lab one day, and um, (laughs) Goodbye Horses was playing on the radio. Oh no followed right by American Girl on the rock station I would listen to and as I was going past the guy putting something on the side of the highway into his truck and I was like, yup! Uh-huh. Right Hot gas pedal! <laughs> um, the Ugly. Simon was a fucking excellent... He tried to save the dog! Him. He did, yeah. I love him. If anyone was going to compete with Hannibal Lecter for the get, getting to the top of your killer list, it was Simon, because he Tried to save the dog. Absolutely. And also, second best Hannibal, by the way, Mads Mikkelsen, by the way. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, 
I was like, Brian Cox is my favorite. Like, Mads is the best portrayal of that character, but I kind of feel like that's cheating because he had, what, two, three seasons? Yeah, but in like the first really devote, really but like, oh no, it's it's amazing. Not to take anything away from him because it's probably the best portrayal of Hannibal that I've seen. But I'm like, yeah, you had like two seasons, three seasons to like really dig deep into that character. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a little unfair. I could rank those on their own because I would put I would put Anthony Hopkins, Mads, I would put uh, Brian Cox, then the kid that played Hannibal in the movie Hannibal. Mm. Um, uh, then Jigsaw, because fucking love Kramer. Like, I love him. Barry um, Allen, you want to play a game? You want to play a game? So, that's um, another dude with just, like, that magic voice. Uh, Tobin so Bell. Sexy. Like, he's got an amazing voice such a great voice and i actually i he he's got the same kind of um look to him that tilda does where it's a little bit not that same face he has a very distinctive face yeah Mm -hmm. and then jack is (laughs) great matt dylan did great and i kept getting him mixed up with matt damon i was like oh fuck matt damon oh fuck matt damon's in this Where's where's that born identity at? <laughs> um, but yeah, he did he did great. Like again, that movie is okay. Like I liked it. I liked his acting in it. It's just not. I couldn't get over that. <laughs> hump. Can't get over that hump. Elena and Ash would be proud of me. <laughs> Cattle. Uh, so yeah, my killers were actually kind of in the same ranking that I did the movies, because in my head, that's what makes the movie, and as such, how I enjoy the killers, but yeah. That's fair. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Jack, Saul, and The Ugly, but yeah, like, saying, whatever the ranking is, I enjoyed all of them, it's all just kind of arbitrary anyway, but in the moment, I was like, this is how I feel. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what this is. Yeah. Lars so. is the BTK of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get an you're gonna get an angry letter from Lars von Trier, to which I will respond and be like, "You want to come on the show next month?" <laughs> like, come on, man! Like, it'll be we'll be nice. We swear. <laughs> Just a fun fact, like, BTK literally wrote the cops a letter trying to make them take on the fucking name. By oh, right. Title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he came up with a list of other options in uh-huh. case they didn't <laughs> like BTK. Fucking, fucking Dennis Rader. <laughs> 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 fucking Lars. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's time to reveal the winners. Or the winner, rather. Uh, I promise I'm done. <laughs> so, coming in in the fourth place position, Kettle gets to breathe a sigh of relief. It is Saw. <laughs> with 80 points. Coming in third with 118 points is The Ugly. And then we're gonna do we're gonna do first and second because that's a good way to drum up the thing. In first place with a hundred and thirty-one points, the house that Jack built. 
So the one movie this month that doesn't technically involve a serial killer is the winner. <laughs> and then with 121 points, Silence of the Lambs in second place. It was very close. For a minute there, The Ugly was was right up there. Kettle fucked me. <laughs> but um, that's all good. I'll get it. I'll get it one of these months. I'll get it one of these months. One category, and that was literally. Oh yeah, you only gave it like seven points, but I mean, it came in with thirty-nine points total because there was a plenty, a fair bit of nudity and also some some alcohol consumption. And then, like, I gave it twenty-three points. Neff gave it twenty-three. Kettle gave it thirty-nine. Blame him. <laughs> I don't blame you. I blame Lars. <laughs> Blame Lars. Hashtag blame Lars. Oh, man. I wore my raw shirt incorrectly. I hit that pretty well, didn't I? When you're like, I read, I wore yeah. my raw shirt just in case I won. I, I won tonight. Like, I don't expect to, but just in case. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing cannibal bitches. I figured. <laughs> cannibal fools <laughs> no i was half expecting fish to immediately call out with we're watching hannibal <laughs> i don't know uh, so i know like neff knows what she she wants uh-huh we're doing raw that's your pick spoilers it is subtitled i apologize You're that's true it is reading what in the hell <laughs> what, Sorry, in the, what in the dang ass hell uh weird weirdly enough and maybe it's because like i knew what was gonna win and i had a pretty good idea what neff would pick for the category and i randomly came across a cannibal movie that i've never seen before so fuck it i'm just gonna go with that one uh is a film called welcome to the jungle from i believe 2007 2005 Know nothing about it, just kind of randomly stumbled across it on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, hey, it's about cannibals, so. Is it sad that I kind of want to do the, um, the, the cannibal women of, what is it? There is like <laughs> cannibal jungle women in the avocado jungle. That movie was, yeah. like, surprisingly <laughs> pretty good. Very little cannibalism you know in it, though. Yeah. I it was Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Oh, fuck. I'll need a minute because I don't know any fucking cannibal movies. That's that's totally uh, fine. Uh, the the cannibals of the avocado jungle in California. no 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 <laughs> let him come up with his own no because that sounds that sounds really fucking stupid. I'm not gonna... It is pretty stupid, honestly. I, I feel I'm getting a, I'm kind of getting a sense of like what kind of movies you like and dislike. I feel like you would hate it. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Kettle is to be determined, which is totally But good. We're, we're, we're a week early this week, so I got time. You got, yeah, we got a little time. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a show. Thank you, everybody that well, thank you, you guys mm-hmm. for pulling together and doing this a week early. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thank like you for for yeah making the accommodation for me. The the accommodation was was an easy thing to do just to like keep things on the rails and everything like that and like adjust to people's schedules. 
and whatnot. And I, I had a feeling like it was going to be a little bit stressful because a little bit more of a time crunch. And I, like from my perspective, it kind of was. I was kind of freaking out about it, but I was I was like, you know what? Once we get to it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it was. Yeah, hey, look at that! Technically, we're under three hours. It really did. Like I needed something. I'm like glad. This. I'm glad. Yeah, definitely. I don't feel as as brain dead as, <laughs> yeah, as some of them because I'm just like, ugh. But yeah, no, it was it was yeah, good good timing and yeah. a good time in general. Yep. So next month, let me pull it up because uh, next are we good next month to switch to Saturdays? Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound? I good? I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the 26th of September. Okay. So if that right. sounds good to everyone else, then like, yeah, 26th of September. Uh, that's right. Spook shows changing days and times. Our ratings have been so bad. The networks have taken us to the dead zone. That is Saturday evenings at eight o'clock. Does that sound like a good start time for everybody? I think I, I kind of checked, but I just I like to go. Eight o'clock start time so, yeah. sounds good. A little yeah, bit I, earlier I, that way. If we run later, it it's not too late into the night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Saturdays at eight are the new Spook Show time at the last Saturday of the month. So yeah, but we'll show up. See, the network's moving us to Saturdays, the dead zone where shows go to die. But jokes on them. That means we're free to do even weirder, crazier shit. Because no one's going to be paying attention. So you want to stick to stay tuned for that shit. 